What's up, guys? This is Roland Buck III. I play Noah Sexton on Chicago Med, and you're listening to Meet Us at Molly's. Gonna be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride. Hey, Shyhards! Happy Friday! Welcome to episode two eleven of Meet Us at Molly's. It's been a long hiatus, guys, but we did it. We I know. It. Hallelujah. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what's that song oh that's Shania Twain song where she starts out she's like looks like we made it like, oh yeah we made it so uh yeah we've got one week left till the show's premiere return whatever less than but, that by the time you're listening to this so true story yeah like five days until you guys are listening to this so that's great obviously we had to take a little bit of an extended hiatus but that's okay we're back we're 100 percent right Brenna yes okay well I'm, I'm still honestly like if I'm being honest like I don't think I have all my energy back yet. Like ever since I had COVID, my sleep schedule has been like out of more out of whack than it already is. And Gina already knows that like how my sleep schedule is. And it's just been like, like, I just like, I'm not a hundred percent. I mean, I'm, I'm better, but like, I'm still not like completely over it. I don't think, but you're better. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm just, you know, like my energy, like I just, I don't have energy. Like I can not do anything and still be tired, but yeah but we're negative so we're all good <laughs> that's good I'm glad I'm glad especially because I'm supposed to see you next week so yes finally. finally finally I know our first attempt got thwarted by COVID so yeah yeah hopefully our second attempt goes according to plan so uh, we are going back in the vault tonight we're covering a crossover that we've never covered before which is surprising we had we were going to attempt to co- cover this back in the fall but then like real life got in the way so we're doing Fire 410, Med 105, and PD 310. This is also known as the one where Herman gets stabbed. There is so much, though, that happens in the, this, like, whole crossover that I was like, oh, yeah, this. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm just like, what the hell was this crossover? Yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. I definitely had that thought. This is definitely not their best. It's good, but it's not their no, best. Uh, no, I don't mm. Yeah, there's just we'll get there. We'll save it. We'll we'll discuss in a minute. (laughs) So before we get into the episodes, we have a little bit of news and they come to us in the form of episode descriptions. Thank God, dude. Like the shows have only been off for like six weeks, but it feels like it's been like a full ass hiatus. Like I see it hasn't even been that long. I know it hasn't even been that long. But like, I guess especially because like I had COVID, like I just feel like these last few weeks have been like the equivalent of two years. Yeah. I'm like, what happened? I don't I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So these are the episodes airing next week, as in like this coming Wednesday, February 23rd. Um, we'll start off with Med. Med 713 is called Reality Leaves a Lot to the Imagination. So Dylan and Archer diagnose a pregnant woman with a serious infection. Maggie receives shocking news. Oh God. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I haven't even seen this. No. Okay. Will and Dr. <laughs> Charles question an elderly patient's Alzheimer's diagnosis. And in an effort to help a patient, Crockett takes a risk. I swear, Maggie, shocking news better be positive, even though I know shocking tends to have a negative connotation. I can't handle anything else happening to Maggie. Uh, no. No. But can we not? <laughs> 
I don't like it. I don't. I'm not ready. I'm not ready either. Can we just protect her? The shocking news better be good. Like shocking good news. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Shocking though, technically usually has a negative connotation, but in this case, it better be positive. (laughs) I swear. I swear. Um, Dylan and Archer working together. Poor Dylan drew the short straw that week. Yeah. Yeah. Crockett taking a risk. I feel like that's just normal Wednesday, but like, okay. I mean, should we just like call a spade a spade at this point and let the listeners know what we've seen? Yeah, I mean, we haven't seen Med though, so we, we don't know what we're talking about. No, at the time you're listening to this on Friday, we have seen Fire and PD. We have not seen Med yet. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see with Med. We will see. Um, moving into Fire, Brenda, take it away. Okay, so Fire 1013 is called Fire Cop. Um, it says Severide and Seeger team up to investigate a fire at the home of a troubled young woman. Pella moves into 51's rumored cursed office. Kylie assists kid with girls on fire. All you need to know about this episode is that it's perfect. Yes. It's perfect. It's really good. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Yes, yes, yes. And PD 913 is called Stillwater. While out for a jog, Upton witnesses a horrible car crash and risks her own life to save the passengers. After learning more about the victims, the team must track down the man responsible for the brutal crash. Again, it's perfect. But these promo photos, though, can we just talk about those for a second? Like, oh, my God, she literally is like, I'm just going to eat myself into the river. Yeah. Um, Yeah. We don't deserve these characters. No, but it is, it's really good. And I, I'll just say this. I know, obviously, if you're on Twitter and, you know, a heavy, you know, heavily involved member of the fandom, then you may have seen the piece going around that had a lot of spoilers in it. Um, But I'd say even beyond that, like, this episode is just so good. And Mm -hmm. I think even if you've seen that and feel like you've gotten spoiled or like that's ruined it, I, I don't think it will have like this episode, I think is my favorite of the season so far. And I'll just leave it at that. It's great. It's great. It's a really, really great episode. So we also have descriptions for episodes 14. So these are the ones airing on, there is no February 30th, March 2nd. Second. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that requires me to do math. I'm so glad Amy, or Amy, Bryna, you're not Amy, you're Bryna. That's the first time I've ever done that. Um, Yeah, I just confused you with, yeah, okay. My BFF is Amy, also in my wedding party. So like, there was like 59 things happening at once. So my brain is mush. (laughs) Glad Bryna did that math for me. Sorry about that. Uh, That was the first. Okay, anyway. So actually, yeah, take us through med. My brain is mush. I'm sorry, go ahead. Okay, med 714 is called all the things that could have been. Goodwin assigns Med's new compliance officer to a patient with a long-collar COVID condition. Maggie helps Will treat a patient who's been in an iron lung for 60 years. Stevie learns hard truths about her mother. Terrell returns to Med under dire circumstances. Iron lungs are still a thing? What is an iron lung? Like, okay, I'm going to describe this very badly if that's even it, but like, but in like the early days of medicine, it was in like technology, it was like, didn't you used to carry around like a full on bag with you? That was like pretty much your lung to the Google. Um, I, I was literally just. Oh, <laughs> oh, 
An iron lung is a type of negative pressure ventilator, a mechanical respirator, which encloses most of a person's body and varies the air. I don't think that's it. It looks like a hyperbaric chamber. Yeah. How, I, this is on Wikipedia. I'm just Wikipedia. However, in 2020, the COVID-19 pandemic revived some interest in the device as a cheap, readily producible substitute for positive pressure ventilators, which were feared to be outnumbered by patients potentially needing temporary artificially assisted respiration. But like, I can't imagine Med just has like some of these lying around. Well, no, it's saying that Maggie helped like this patient has been in one for 60 years. Wow. Which seems like insane. Hmm. I, I mean, I'm sure it's based on a true story because a lot of times they take cases like this from, you know, real life, but dang. Yeah. Snap. Um, but Matt or Stevie's mom's coming back, which should be interesting. That will be interesting. Um, yeah. And then Terrell returning to med. So, yep. All right. Okay. We'll see. Fire 1014 is called an officer with grit. Chief Hawkins. <laughs> Chief Hawkins goes above and beyond to help Brett and Violet with a problem. Kid pursues an open lieutenant position and a blast from the past asks Mouch and Herman for a favor. Okay, we know who the blast from the past is. We do? It's yeah, okay. We we figured this out based on behind the scenes promos or photos. It's that guy, Mason, the one who I think he had spoken to either Herman or Mouch. He's basically the one who um wanted to become a firefighter but couldn't because he had like past charges or something. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I do guys remember you guys talking about that. Yeah, yeah. So we did figure that out. Um, granted, the minute I saw that description, I was like, Mills. Um, and then the- I wasn't even thinking that. Like my first thought when I saw that was like someone that we've never heard of that they worked, you know, with oh, yeah. like 30 years ago, you know. Yeah. Yeah, no, um, it's it's Mason. It's the guy who like had chargers or something and couldn't become a firefighter, or he had like had experience or something. Oh yeah, he yeah, like he- learned how to fight in prison, learned yes. how to fight fires. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I do remember you guys. I was like, where was I for that conversation? I don't. And now I do remember it. But yeah. Um, yeah. Also, Hawkins helping Brett and Violet here for here for that, obviously. Yes, please. Hashtag make Jimmy a regular 2022. Um, I'm just waiting for that. Like dead. that is the one deadline article I will welcome with open arms in my life. Yes. Yes. That's the one we'd put in the group chat with like all caps and be like, not a drill, not a drill. Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. In the best way. Like, <sighs> I don't care if he's the paramedic chief, find a way to make it work. I don't care. Like make it yeah. work. Just I yeah it it can happen it it can happen it can happen I, I don't care just, I don't just care make it happen yeah that's all that's all we're asking that's that's all we're asking I feel like we as a fandom are like okay well the fandom collectively can be pretty demanding but like in general we're not just like hey make this person do this I like just do it and that's exactly how I feel about Hawkins I'm like no I can like get used to people coming and going. You keep him around. You find a way to do it. We, like, do it now. Like, well, and I was thinking about that. I've been thinking about this, I guess, for the last couple of days. I don't know why, but like, I think because of just how much everyone in the fandom loves him and the fact that, like, yeah, there's been times, like, I was thinking back even to last year, like, people were vocal about the fact that they like John Ecker and wouldn't mind more of him, but like, that's nothing compared to this. Like, that was like, 
2% of what the Hawkins Jimmy love has been. And that's kind of mind blowing because the Granger love last year was also a lot. Oh yeah. No, it's like, it's, it's Hawkami mania out there. And I'm not, I'm loving every minute of it. And oh, I same. don't even care. Same. Don't no, it's, even it's, care. It's, it's the best. And I'm just like, yeah. Yeah. It's I'm been enjoying. the best part of the season. It really has. And and we talked about this the other night, how like, uh, just like in, in regular conversation about how I think Hakami so far has been the best part of season 10. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I was, it's funny because I was thinking back about it too. I was going back and listening to some old episodes today for some prep for some other stuff and of our podcast. And it's kind of crazy how fast it happened too. Right. Like, mm-hmm. End of last year, end of 2021, we were like, oh yeah, okay, he's going to be the like decoy for Gallo, but like, okay, we'll enjoy it while we got it. It's fine. And then three episodes into 2022 and we're like, no, he has to stay forever. Forever. Ever. So, I mean, it's happened fast, but like, I love it. And yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's just been the best. Yep. 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 So then we were on fire, right? We were on fire. Okay. Take us through PD. Okay. So PD 914 is called blood relation. The team searches for the, a brutal killer with a signature modus operandi. Burgess and Rusick double down in their fight to retain custody of Michaela. I'm not, I'm not emotionally ready. I'm not I'm already like wanting to tear up and we're like two weeks out from this. I am not emotionally prepared at all. No, no, no. Like, yeah. no, I can't, I can't even wrap my head around like Michaela being taken. No, not, I'm not even putting, I'm not there. even going there. I'm not even, I can't go there. I, I can't, I can't, I, I do not have like the emotional capacity for that right now. Cause I have, I'm sure there's a rant deep within me that um, would be unearthed, but I don't have the energy for it. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So those are the next two episodes. We also got a scoop from TV line, TV guide, TV guide, TV guide. It was the actual magazine. The actual, okay, the actual physical magazine. Again, brain, mush. Mm. Okay, so we got a scoop from TV Guide. Uh, Haley with the Lord's work again. And and I'm, I'm, that's one of our listeners, right? Who asked a question? No, she just sent it to us. She always sends us the TV Guide scoop. Yes, yes, yes. Haley with the Lord's work. One of our listeners always sends us the pictures from the physical TV Guide because she's amazing. Okay, so February 23rd, Chicago Fire. Severi teams up again with smitten arson investigator Seeger while Gallo worries about a growing attraction between his secretly beloved Violet and her EMT boss, Hawkins. Okay, like, shove the Seeger part aside. There is arson action. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah, we obviously can't see much because we've said, we've seen this episode. So, like, we can't really say anything. I just, that word smitten still bothers me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, I'm not going to dwell on it that much, but, like. We we, we got to, like, we got to stay mom. Uh, we got to save it for next week. I know. Oh, yeah. Next week we're going. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, we want to dive in. We want to discuss it so bad. Trust me. Yeah. Like, I wish we were recording next week's episode right now. (laughs) I know. I know. I know. So we also got some late breaking news from TV line. This one is actually from TV line. So Chicago Fire taps Dear White People's Caitlin Carver to recur as a paramedic. All right. Um, Another medic is coming on board Chicago Fire. Caitlin Carver will recur during the second half of season 10 as paramedic 
Emma, TV line has learned exclusively. The actress will make her debut on the NBC drama in an episode tentatively scheduled to air in April. Now the big question is, will Emma find herself working at 51 or is she stationed elsewhere? Okay, let's unpack this. There's, okay, there's, there's absolutely zero confirmation on this. We've touched on this before. There's zero confirmation, but there is a theory floating around the internet that Kara Kilmer is pregnant. If she is, congratulations, fantastic. If she is not, we are sorry that we were wrong. But this would make sense if she is pregnant, that she would come in towards the tail end of the pregnancy. If Kara is pregnant, asterisk, like if, if we don't know anything, we don't know. Well, I, yes, like you said, if we don't know anything, nothing is officially confirmed, it, you know, anything. But like you said, it's, she doesn't show up till an episode that airs in April. Like, you know, the season only goes till like mid-May. Like, I, I feel like that would make a lot of sense. Um, You know, I don't, I like, when have they ever given us, well, I guess Violet. So that was a bad, I was going to say, when have they ever shown like a paramedic that's not at 51? And I was going to say, well, Violet, when she was at 20. So, but that's, so that's a bad example. But um. Very rarely, I'll say, very rarely do they show us, you know, I mean, like, again, like, maybe in passing, but, like, do we see, like, a paramedic actually stationed at another house? Yeah. So, like, she's obviously gonna be tied in 51. It's a recurring role, too. Like, I don't know. I feel like it kind of makes sense, but. um, I'm gonna say something that might be a hot take. Okay. Um, Why not Hawkins? Why can't Hawkins just step in? I I'm I'm always glad. Okay, listen, I I respect the fact that they always make sure that there it's two female medics to make sure that you know there are actually women on the show. I respect that. But Hawkins, I I have something I want to say, but it's spoilery for next week, so I can't make my comment. We'll talk about it. Okay, text it to me. Text it to me. Yeah, I will. Okay. Um, but like, anyway, so I don't know. I'll be like, I'm curious. Like, it took me a second. I was like, she looks so familiar. And I've only ever seen one. I never got around to finishing Dear White People. I liked it, but I just never got around to it. And then I was like, what the hell was she in in the Fosters? And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, yeah. But um, but I'm sure, you know, she'll be good. And everyone seems to fit in. Even when we don't think we're like, who is that? Or like, we don't know who it is. Like, they always end up fitting in like family so like I'm sure we'll love her by the time she actually gets there or Caitlin maybe not necessarily Emma but Caitlin yeah um I I I hope this is not similar to an Upton Lindsay situation where like it just so happened that like Lindsay left and then Upton took her spot and I'm sure if that is what is going to happen that Caitlin will be wonderful and a great addition I just am too emotionally attached to Brett yeah I'm not even going there I'm choosing to think that by saying recurring like you know we're just if Kara is pregnant that this is just you know to help get Kara off you know so she can go have a baby and you know if she is pregnant if yeah, I, I just, said it if if we don't I just want to like reiterate that a hundred million times that nobody if knows if we yeah. don't know anything officially and if. honestly we probably won't because Kara is very very private and that is something that we all need to respect and as is her right as is her right yes absolutely so big if we don't know we don't know anything we really don't we don't know yep 
So that's about all we've got for the news. Um, if you guys see anything, you know, help us out, send it to us. You guys do that all the time. We so appreciate it. We've got two patron shout outs, which is awesome. Uh, our little community, man, it's not so little anymore. It's like 80 of us now. It's crazy. It's so crazy. I know it's so crazy. So first patron shout out that goes out to Trisha. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to the family. Hope you're already in the Facebook group, which I think you are. Uh, but yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Enjoy. And next up we have Daisha. I think I said that right. Right. Daisha. I would I say. I think so. Yeah. Sorry. Um, it. Yeah. Welcome. 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 I know you're already an active member of the Facebook group, which we love to see. So welcome. 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 Yes. And we trust me, we had plans for patron events over hiatus, but I, uh, that's my fault. My bad. Not your fault. Not your fault. I mean, you got COVID. I mean, it's not, but it is, but it's not. <laughs> But it's not, you even said, I even asked you like the day after you tested positive, I was like, where, where'd you go? And you were like the grocery store. Like- yeah, I literally, I, yeah, I went nowhere. The only thing I did different that week was I went to the eye doctor. Okay. Like that's it. Yeah. I don't yeah. go anywhere besides work and the grocery store. Yeah. That's it's it. not your fault. It's not your fault. I know. I'm just, anyway, we will, I want to do something else soon. Like we owe you guys like bonus episodes and like a hangout and we owe you guys yeah we owe you guys hangouts we owe you guys a bonus episode that we were gonna do the week you tested positive uh real life you know how it is you know how it is yeah does that sometimes so all right without further ado shall we move into this crossover let's do it all right this crossover is a mess Uh, it's a hot mess and yeah it really is a hot mess. It's good, but it's a mess. There's just so much that happens. And like, it's honestly kind of like two gigantic storylines that they tried to make mesh somehow. And mm-hmm. it was honestly, I feel like at times way too much because it starts with Herman and then you get all the cancer patients and then it evolves into what PD. It's just like, it's a lot. It's a lot, and there's we don't ever really resolve two of the stories that happen in this crossover. We don't resolve them. We just kind of have to assume that they're okay. Yeah, and it's just I, I don't know. And but then they also throw in like it's Noah's first day, and you've got April and Severide, and you've got like all this shit, and it's just like wait, what? Huh? Wait, huh? Oh, Clouch engagement. Like there's just so much packed in here. Yeah, it's crazy. It, it's it's insane. It's insane. It's really funny, but it's insane. Okay, so we're gonna start with fire, which of course it's good. They're all three like good episodes on their own, but all together it's just like ooh, it's like, a lot. And I think every time we watch one of these old crossovers, it just makes me really grateful that as the shows have gone on, and obviously like the showrunners and the writers have evolved, that like the crossovers have also evolved. Mm-hmm. Because I think if we got this kind of crossover every year I wouldn't like these are fine but like once we got to obviously like the high-rise fire and then obviously of course infection it's just like those were so good and like looking back on these older ones I'm like eh, they're fine it's also really funny how like I would say like 75% of this crossover doesn't hold up in 2022 like you mean just like character wise character wise some of the stuff that's said between characters you're like Ugh. well yeah to me my first reaction was like literally half this crossover isn't here anymore 
Yeah. Like, yes. Show, like show wise, like so many of them aren't on the shows anymore. It's so bad. Okay. So like, yeah, so that takes us right to the beginning. Okay. So if you don't remember where we left off, Freddie stabbed Herman, Freddie being the guy who knew Leon from the gang, Cruz kind of took him under his wing and Freddie stabbed him in the, in the back of Molly's at the end of the night. And so Gabby and Otis are like bantering over some drink and they find Herman on the ground, like bleeding. So yeah, Cruz is blaming himself. They get Herman in the ambo, all that good stuff. So between, they get him into the ambo, they take him to med and like in those two scenes alone, it's like a greatest hit of everybody who's not here. It's like so sad because you've got Gabby and Otis yep. and then you've got, uh, you've got April, you've got uh, uh, Sarah Reese. Uh-huh. Who else is in here? Um, just Connor. In, in, Connor. Oh my God. Oh, Connor. Yeah. If anything, these this crossover reminded me of how much I miss him. It's yeah. just a greatest hits of like, remember all of these amazing people who are not on the show anymore? Yeah. We haven't even gotten to the PD portion of what, like we haven't even seen anyone from intelligence. And that also too, is like a greatest hits of who's not here anymore. It really is. Like, I'm just like looking at the screen. I'm like, I miss you. I miss you and you and you <laughs> like, it's so bad. Well, and even just the people who like in the reverse who've come in since that I can't honestly imagine the shows without now, but like weren't around back then, like Stella and Gallo and Ritter and Vi- I'm just like, wait, where are they? Where are, where are they? <laughs> you know, the thought I had, and I mean, I, I just, I'm just going to say it now, just in case I forget it later is, you know, that meme that went around that was like a picture and then it said like upgrade. And then it's like another picture. I kind of yeah. want to take Chili and Jimmy and put upgrade <laughs> and then like Gallo and Violet. <laughs> oh my God. This... <sighs> We'll get there. I'll save my comment when we get to the little Jimmy and Chili section. Cause... I mean, yeah, but yeah, just <laughs> you're not seeing, wrong. Seeing Jimmy, I was like, oh, like it's poor man's gallo. <laughs> and I like, I don't mean that bad. It's just that like, oh, Jimmy they just really do anything. I feel for like us. we've, especially last week in our Olympics uh, crossover with Ladies Night and the locker room, I feel like we shit on season four of Fire a lot and like rightfully so because a lot of it sucks. And but like they just embody everything that's bad about this season to me. And so when I saw them in this episode, I was like, I could do without them. Yeah. And, and I, I'm glad we are without them. Yeah. I forgot about the two that it is season four and season four is garbage. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so when they, they get Herman out of Molly's and Severide, Severide does this thing. And I think he still does this, like even to this day in season 10, when someone he loves gets hurt, he lashes out and like, it's Kelly. I mean, I think he still does that this, like even till season 10, but it's okay. It's like when, when someone he loves gets hurt, he just wants to direct his feelings somewhere and he doesn't know where. So he directs it at the person who like was responsible in his mind. Yeah, but like, so I I understand that. And I think that's very true. But one of my first thoughts when I was watching this, I was like, yeah, but we've literally never seen Severide and Herman really have a relationship. So in one way, it kind of felt not out of character because I think Severide loves everyone in 51, you know, deeply. Yeah. But like, I was like, wait a second. I was like, where's this relationship been this whole time? Except for the fact that Severide is one of Herman's, kids godparent and we never reference that ever That's what true. i would do for them to reference severide as kenny's godfather yeah that and like i feel like we've never maybe not even until this season have we seen um severide be nice to herman i, I feel right. like 
It's always Severide getting mad at him. Right. And I'm not saying, obviously, we all know that Severide loves Herman. Like, of course, mm-hmm. like, whatever. But until this episode, I'm like, wait, since when did they have a relationship? Like, why does Severide care so deeply except for the fact that he's Severide? But like, it was just funny. I was like, oh, yeah. And then I was like, oh, yeah, Severide is technically Kenny's godfather. Like, that's a thing that we've literally never mentioned ever, ever since that episode yeah that's true that's true and so, so it's just funny it was just like oh severide is the one going to bat for herman but like why <laughs> yeah yeah and so cruz immediately takes it super hard which i mean that's another cruise thing that he does to this day he just takes things really he's really hard on himself which like aren't we all i yeah. get it i get it but he's like that kid is poison like i should have seen it coming and severide just piles on like you guys like each other stop it same team same yeah. team so at med, Connor comes out with an update. Remember when we had Connor? Life was so good. I just, yeah, that will, I, and I say it every time we talk about Connor, but like it will forever go down as a decision. I just will never understand. Like you had, you had freaking Colin Donald like at your disposal and just were like, bye. What? What? And we're going to ruin his character with a serial killer plot line. <laughs> I feel like a general rule of thumb should be like, when you have a Broadway actor on your cast, like, treat them well just i'm not even saying they had they didn't treat like heather headley and um oh what's the other guy who was barely the guy who the played show? terry yes i can't remember his name right this me second. neither but like it's not like that i don't even think they got treated badly but it's just like heather headley just like disappeared <laughs> and now i'm like but she she's i mean oh she, but you had you had okay but i guess i just headley. I feel like the Broadway actors are just so multi-talented that like you'd make the extra effort to keep them around because like everything else is pretty much effortless for them. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I'm glad that sounds terrible. I'm glad that Heather Headley left med because it means we got her in Sweet Magnolias and I would mm-hmm. much rather have her as Helen than Gwen any day, but still. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's what we, we haven't covered a Gwen episode in a long time. I wonder how our perception of her would change now that we've had Helen or Heather Headley as as Helen. Like, I don't think it would change necessarily. I mean, I would probably just fangirl over Helen or over Heather, Heather Helen, Heather, no Heather a lot more, but I still probably wouldn't like Gwen and, you know, whatever. Yeah. but yeah. I just feel like, oh, Heather, I love mm-hmm. her. So um, Herman's stable, but like the next couple of hours are critical. And Severi just like, Sev, mm. he just goes up to Cruz and he's like, what are the cops doing? Are you on it? What about this? What about that? And Cruz is like, no, like, I'm, I'm good. I'm on it. Um, so Mouch just tells him that like, hey, according to Trudy, intelligence is taking over. Like, we're good. We're good. Just, you know, back off a little calm bit. Down. Yeah, just mm, calm it down. Um, <laughs> I will say that when Sev gets angry, his eyes like pop in intensity like a bajillion times. So this crossover was great for Severide eyes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. So Cindy and Gabby and Mouch, they go to see Herman. And while they're talking to him, Mouch being, you know, Mouch, he basically like drops the engagement ring. It like stumbles out of his pocket. And Cindy's like, hold the phone. Like, was that what I thought it was? Um, and we just have a really sweet moment because Mouch is just like, yeah, like I was going to propose to Trudy, I, but like, don't mind that. And it's just a really sweet moment because Gabby calls him Mouchy. 
I died. I LOL. I just, I thought that was so funny. She's like, oh, Mouchy. Just the sweetest, best family ever. I love them so much. Oh. And even so much as like how Cindy was like, no, like you should propose. I'm pretty sure that would boost Christopher's spirits. Right, yeah. Christopher? And he's like, can barely breathe. And he's like, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, oh my god so it. good so good oh, i dropped the necklace i was fiddling with dang it okay so um ruzik comes by to take cruz's statement we'll get more into ruzik because ruzik has a this is like an iconic ruzik I- episode even iconic though it's fire. and again something i forgot happened in this crossover mm-hmm. but yep yeah uh god bless that coat i wonder if he still has it it's probably something that like burgess is like no we need like he's moving in obviously with Kim and Michaela and Burgess yeah. is like no we need to get rid of that and Ruzik's like but my rock star phase I can't get rid of it she probably made him get rid of it for sure yeah which she's is like no you can't bring that into our new apartment like no <laughs> that, way that was a great coat that was a great coat <laughs> oh goodness so Ruz comes by to take Cruz's statement and Cruz just like opens up and tells him everything he's like I let him come by the firehouse and hang around I was just trying to show him there's another way to live he's taking it hard so everybody else heads off to shift. Bowden is like, listen, we're going to come back like the first chance we get. He asks the chaplain to stick around. And then he gives us the line that is the title of the episode, which like truer words have never been spoken. He just says he's like, he's the beating heart of 51, which is a little extra, but also very accurate. Yeah. Also TBT to Chaplain Orlovsky. Yeah. That was a throwback. Yeah. Big time throwback. And like, but I will say this. Okay. So it was, I mean, of course it was good to have Chaplain Orlovsky around, but like, I feel like in, in certain parts, he was like borderline toxic positivity, uh, borderline just cause like there were a lot of parts where like, you know, call or Colin Connor, Connor, it's difficult when the actor and the characters are yeah. so close. Um, there are parts where Connor would deliver some heavy news and like Cindy's trying to absorb it and Chaplin's like, it's going to be okay. Can you shut up for like a second? Like, it's his job, but also, like you said, sometimes it's just, like, read the room, bro. Maybe not this exact moment do you need to drop some wisdom. Exactly. And, like, he's kind of piling on, right? Because Cindy's got, like, Cindy's got enough on her plate. She's got five kids she has to communicate this to of, like, what's happening, right? And her brain's trying to process. Meanwhile, Chapter Norovsky's, like, interrupting her brain and is like, hey, look over here, look over here. Calm down. Everybody in this crossover, just calm down. Well, now that I think about it, I feel like that's Chaplin Orlovsky every time we ever saw him on the mm-hmm. show. But still, yeah, I would have taken him over Kyle. So, okay, okay, but Ky- Kyle, like, hmm, oh, that's okay. Who would I prefer though as Chaplin? I don't. That's tough. Like, I think the only people I want to calm me down in a crisis is going to be the people I work with. Like, it's not going to be one of the chaplains. It's going to be like. Not yeah. so bad because he lashes out. Stella could calm me down in a crisis, but also she's not around at this point because it's still early season four. Yeah, I would say the one who I would want in all of time is like Crockett, obviously, but like <laughs> he's not around now either. So um Jay, only if he's using the calm voice. If he's I'm trying to think like within this world, like in pe- with people like with characters who are in this crossover, who would I want to calm me down? Oh, okay. 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 Who in this crossover? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Yeah. Or like characters who are around at this time. Um, cause like I said, I would have wanted Crockett, but Crockett doesn't exist for another four seasons. Um, like all three shows across all three. Yeah. 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 I mean, Connor. Yeah. 
or Kevin. Oh, Kevin. I just or honestly, Kevin, like Kevin and Antonio at this point, I think was pretty good too. He hadn't gone off the rails yet. Al. Al's a good option. Yeah. Antonio hadn't gone off the rails yet. He didn't leave for justice. His career wasn't ruined. Like, it's fine. This was pre-justice. Yeah, this was back in the good days of 2016 where things were so When Antonio was actually a great character. Antonio deserved better. Yeah. Yep. Big time. Big time. So then uh, Cruz sees Burgess in the ED after. Well, okay. Well, back up a little bit. So Bowden Bowden makes sure to welcome Severide back. Because again, this is, it's season four. And season four was garbage. And the first like nine episodes had, what's his face? Um, Patterson. That guy. Um, yeah. They decided to just like up and demote Severide for funsies. Because they were like, there's turnover on squad. And they brought in Patterson, who was the worst. And like, in bringing in Patterson, Severide went to a leadership class and like slept with somebody he met there because of course he did. Yeah. And then by this, he's already moved on with April, which again, we'll get there. But like, yeah. I didn't didn't hate Severide in April though. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. there. Um, Yeah. But no, yeah. Like you said, this is Severide's first shift back. Um, yeah so so they they all go on a call and it's this house fire and they find this woman and crew saves her but he inhales like a shit ton of smoke so he ends up going to med with sylvie and the patient and so he sees burgess and this is back when burgess is on the beat like little baby burgess yep Uh, and he's just like have you guys found freddie like what's going on and she's like nope we're working on it we're working on it we're working on it um, I thought it was super cute though. Like just little stuff. How like Doris saw Cruz and was like, turn around, go back and sit down. <laughs> like, oh, good old Doris. I love, I love our Chicago family and how they all just look out for each other. Like good old Doris. Good old Doris. I know. I know. Good old Doris. And so 51 comes by after the call and Cindy's like, listen, they've been giving him these transfusions to boost his white blood cell count, but the bleeding hasn't stopped. Basically, like the knife hit his liver or something like that, and the liver hadn't stopped bleeding. And so Connor was like, Well, we're just gonna wait and see, which like doesn't sound right, but I don't mm-hmm. know. I totally forgot about that whole little tiny arc about like questioning Connor's judgment in this episode. Uh, I'm telling you, there is so they packed way too much into this crossover, which like A for effort, but yes, like way too much. Yeah, yeah. So Cindy's like, Listen, like, the doctor's trying to stay positive but i can tell he's concerned and casey's like okay gabby like stay with cindy for this shift now season four they weren't married they were they were engaged right yeah they were together because remember season four this is post baby (laughs) that's the forbidden episode we don't talk about it it's post baby pre louie it's like they're in that weird but not alderman yet like casey i think starts alderman like right after this <laughs> I like never realized how much people absolutely hated the Alderman storyline until the Olympic episode of last week. Really? I, I I never hated it. It wasn't my favorite, but like it didn't get on my nerves. And oh, I hated it. Like, oh, oh. It just adds to why I hate season. Like, I hated it. Season four is the worst. It's season the worst. four sucks so much. So Except then- that it gave us delicate. I will always head. be forever grateful that it gave us still a kid. But, but like other than that, yeah. No. The hundredth is in season five, right? 
Yeah, it's 5.09. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, I was like, there's no way we'd be shitting on season four this much if it gave us the 100th. Uh, nope, that's season five. That's why we're okay with season five. Yeah, worse, worse the worst. Um, yeah, and so Doris asks Otis whether or not he's seen Cruz because he can't find him. She can't find him. And she's in, like of, so on brand for Med to lose a patient. Just yeah. like- Tell me you are at Chicago Med without telling me you are at Chicago Med. Also so on brand for somebody in our One Chicago family to disobey the rules because, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, they all, I feel like everyone who's ever been, like, in the ED has just, like, left without finding out. (laughs) Pretty much. Pretty much. Pretty much. That's, like, a recurring trope that I don't think is ever going to stop. No, of course not. Never. So apparently Cruz left without signing out. Oh man. So Otis goes to Severide and like Otis's tone here is a little like, you've been a dick to him, go fix it. But like it toes the line between like that and you're a lieutenant, so I have to be respectful. Yeah, but it's also I think what Severide needed to hear. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it works, it's fine. Yeah, and 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 Bowden had told Cruz or Bowden had told Sev earlier in the episode, like back off you're not being very nice like be nice and so sev takes the truck and all of squad three and they go and find Cruz. um and so Cruz goes looking for freddie he's not really finding him um and Cruz is just like listen like just tell him he better hope the cops find him before i do like Cruz is pissed like of course but uh yeah Cruz gets a gun to his face normal day in chicago whatever like you know like take take a shot every time a one Chicago character has a gun in their face. Uh yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, squad three rolls up. I do absolutely love the moment when they're in the car. There's so many little moments that like I can snuff out and just be like, I love that. So I love when they're in the truck and Sev is like, Did you want to end up on a gurney too? Like, what the fuck? And Cruz is just like, I'm sorry, I messed up, it won't happen again. And before they even drive off, Sev just reaches behind him and like squeezes Joe's shoulder. Mm-hmm. Like, right before I love that. I love that. Cause yeah. I you know, it's Kelly. He's like, you know, I know I lashed out, but I didn't mean it. Right. Like I may be pissed at you, but like, you're still my brother at, at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that. I love that. So then Mouch posts a sign up sheet at 51 to help out with babysitting the Herman kids. I love this. I think this moment is so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. Okay. So uh, Jimmy is like, yeah, sign me up for any shift. Like, I love kids. And Casey goes, have you met Lee Henry? <laughs> and then behind him, Madge goes, oh, Annabelle's the real terror. Sweet as pie and twice as lethal. And, and he goes, yeah, put me down for any shift after her bedtime. My favorite is just Casey's like, have you met Lee Henry? Like, <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? And oddly enough, that has not changed to this day. Nope so funny i was hoping we'd get like we get a glimpse at the sign-up sheet so we could see once and for all all five herman kids names oh yeah that would have been nice because that's been like a topic of debate but that's okay okay. yeah i wish now that you know what i mentioned like we saw very briefly i think a shot of her when we saw the herman kids um in 12 Mm -hmm. but like I always enjoy Annabelle. They can bring Annabelle back. I want an Annabelle storyline. Yeah. I, the one we got with Platt was just so wonderful. Yeah. Like Annabelle can come back. Oh yeah. hundred percent. She's and definitely like, still joining the new generation. So it's fine. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And like the same way, like Annabelle and Violet together, just like marveling at Trudy would be so funny. Oh my God. Yes. 
yes 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 so need that in my life yeah absolutely absolutely so then trudy shows up at 51 and this is such a mouch moment i totally forgot about this totally forgot so mouch freezes up in the hall and then he pulls out the ring box and he proposes to her right there in the hall (laughs) mouch mouch this is such a mouch moment um yeah and he's like well um cindy thought um huh and he just pulls out the box and trudy's like really like really really and she just said she's like a proposal is supposed to be the most romantic moment in a woman's life and she just walks away like completely speechless but i honestly i mean it's mouch but like i don't know i don't blame her like um you know no i I mean i yeah definitely not it's just it's just very funny and very on brand for mouch Oh yeah, the whole moment. And even just like the plat part of it too. Like it's so on brand for them. It's not even funny. Oh man. I, again, like you said, this episode just really had everything. And like, this is something I won't be mad at. The plouch content, not mad. Oh no, never. You can never have enough. We should cover their wedding episode. We've never, <gasps> I mean, again, it's season four. So like, eh, but like we should cover their wedding. We should cover their wedding. We should cover all of season four, except for the forbidden episode. We'll get there eventually, but yeah, we'll never cover 404, so. No, it's forbidden. We will never cover it. Even when there's, even when we covered everything and there's one episode left, we won't do it. Yeah, we'll just come do something else. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so then Herman starts struggling to breathe. Gabby comes in, or Gabby calls Connor. Connor tells them that he developed this thing called trolley. It's transfusion-related acute lung injury. So, like, the treatment that he had given him earlier actually made him worse yeah basically okay that makes all the sense in the world um it's basically a reaction to the antibodies um especially plasma because that like basically sent him into respiratory distress and connor's like okay well we're gonna treat it with steroids for now but if it happens again we're gonna have to intubate him and gabby asks about the liver bleed and connor's like yeah we're still in a wait and see situation so gabby actually chases connor down which like listen there's like i get how i get how they always like fight for each other that's great but i feel like the line stops at like questioning the med doctors but at this point too i think context is really important too because at this point we're five episodes into med like nobody knows connor right exactly because connor wasn't even in the backdoor pilot will was correct so like literally nobody knows Connor, or, you know, to an extent. I mean, I'm sure now, you know, they've kind of seen him around, but like nobody knows him really still. So I, and I completely forgot that in this crossover that we were only five episodes into med. Mm-hmm. We barely knew these people. Yeah. So crazy. So crazy. So Gabby checks down Connor, asks about the bleeding and Connor's like, right now it's just about keeping him from needing intubation and surgery, all that stuff. So uh, I feel like the, the, the questioning Connor bit was just unnecessary throughout the whole crossover, not just this one episode, like that arc was not necessary. No. Cause I feel like they really tried to, in the beginning of med set up like the will versus Connor, you know, like whatever that was that just didn't work. And I think they would have been better suited as making them friends or you know at least like friendly colleagues versus enemies like which they tried to do a lot and it just was like why like why did we waste so much time making them enemies okay which was worse casey's alderman story or them trying to pit connor and will against each other 
Casey's Alderman story. We need to just compile a list of like the worst story bits in one Chicago. <laughs> We've really, yeah. 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 Things that just, I mean, like things that drop the ball and yeah. we. Um, yeah. The biggest one on PD is contained in this crossover. I'm thinking, thinking about it. Thinking about it. The I mm. well, the biggest one in my opinion about the like the the kid who died that Roman was doing the Roman, transfusion yeah. for, and then the whole thing with the gun. They just like had one scene, and then they were like, "Okay, done." Yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so now we get into what might be the best part of this episode. Okay, so all of Fifty One gets called to a building where there's somebody trapped on the fire escape. It's Freddie. That's not the best part of this. The best part is like the three seconds that we get when the camera pans down and Adam rolls in in his rock star phase. Like the man had to play a rock show at eight and then solve a case at nine. That's basically how it is. But I feel like we have to describe it for people who don't know the gift that we're talking about because it's a very popular gift. So he's wearing, it's this like corduroy jacket with like a fur collar yep he's got the aviators on he's got it's the yellow plaid right yellow plaid shirt and then the corduroy pants (laughs) dark or not even the corduroy pants it's those dark brown or no not dark brown like that like mud brown color pants that he wore a lot in the early days it's a vibe it's a vibe (laughs) so good though it's a vibe he's got the spiky hair too do you have the gif of that uh not handy but i i mean i could definitely pull up like the screenshot from the episode no i'm just saying i need to find that so i can tweet it out in the morning with this when i tweet the episode out it's so i need to good. find that gift it's so good and the way that he walks on scene flanked by the uniforms it really is like a rock star surrounded by his entourage yeah it's yeah just absolutely iconic at a moment you know what though i do have the screenshot right now that i can show you back from when i was getting my custom berzik funko pops done <laughs> i definitely sent that picture as a reference yeah because um, i was like this is effing iconic yeah i mean like i said i will find the gif tonight or in the morning and tweet it out but like just iconic it's so funny i'm scrolling back up right now just so we can have a good laugh because i mean it's just so good <laughs> I feel like Ruzik's the MVP of this episode. Uh, yeah. yeah, and he's not even really in this episode. This is definitely like his, it, it, he was in a Lenny Kravitz phase, like a strict Lenny Kravitz phase, because just like that, that I, coat was like, are you going to go my way vibes? Honestly, I don't even care about that as much. Like, I'm just really glad he grew out of the colored denim look. Oh, I, if he had like, stayed in it, I wouldn't have hated it. The brown pants is just, I can't, I can't the aviators like it's yeah he looks like a rock star that just came straight from partying to like having to solve a case it's yeah. so good it's so good so Cruz begs Bowden to like let him be the one to go up there and get Freddie because Freddie's trapped on a balcony and Freddie doesn't want to trust Cruz because like you know he feels really bad and he's just like you want me dead like I understand you know and Cruz is like no like I don't want you dead that's not how this works um and Cru- Freddie just keeps resisting to the point that like the balcony's like falling apart. And there is a moment there where uh, Cruz gets into some sort of trouble or something. Something's going on where Severide is like, I'm about to Avenger my way up this ladder. And Bowden is like, no, no, too much weight. But Cruz saves the day. 
takes Freddy's hand, gets him off to safety. Ruzik arrests Freddy and Freddy tries to apologize. And he's like, it just happened. Like, I'm so sorry. It just happened. And Cruz just says, he's like, you let it happen, Freddy. Like, don't ever forget that. Just like, yikes. Yeah. So then 51 shows back up at the hospital and Connor tells them all that Herman's still bleeding, becoming unstable. Like, it's not good. So they're taking him into surgery. And Chaplin tells Cruz Herman wants to talk to him. Chaplin also pulls Bonin aside to talk. All right, Chief. It's okay to be angry, Wallace. You've been through a lot lately, and now this. All my recent troubles, they pale by comparison. You know, the other day I spent the night in the jail cell. Not the worst night of my life. I would spend a hundred years in there if I thought it would help Herman right now. You're a good chief, but you're an even better friend. The love around here for that guy is overwhelming. And that's what's going to get him through this. Until this moment, like, obviously it's a Bowden moment, so it's amazing. But until this moment happened, I forgot about Bowden in the jail and all that shit that happened in season four, too. I don't remember this. Was that the bit with his stepson? No, that's the bit with Donna and hold on. It may be the same thing. I honestly don't remember. I'm trying to go back because there was there was the episode when Donna or not Donna um, Bowden's stepson from like his first marriage came back and it turned out that he was being abused. No, I think. Oh no, I think this is the neighbor bit. Remember when Bowden got like? Hold on. Yeah, it's the neighbor bit where he got accused by someone. Yeah, from his neighbor. Remember the girl, the female, and he got put in jail for that. Yeah, because he got it was criminal assault. She was claiming that like he assaulted her. Hmm. yeah hmm. yeah that's really sad that we're like starting to form a list of like fire characters who have been in jail severide Bowden. is that it that might actually be it but like <laughs> two is more than enough more than we needed yeah i mean didn't Stella have a drug problem back in the day? She might have had some jail time that we didn't know about. No, that was her husband. Grant. Oh, true, true. Hmm. Hmm. I do like that the chaplain was reminding Bowden, like, hey, it's okay to be upset. Like, you can be upset too. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So then Platt comes into the hospital. Oh my God, this is so cute. I do love this, how, how Platt gets off the elevator, sees Mouch, and immediately is like, Herman's going to be fine. Like Herman's going to pull through. It's going to be okay. Yeah. That's like not toxic positivity. That's a little bit different, but we also get this sweet moment. Trudy. Herman is going to pull through this. I just know it. I sure hope so. I'm sorry about that. God awful proposal. Having Herman down and out like this guy's my best friend, you know, I do. You know how couples sometimes say, that's my better half. That's Herman to me. Friend version, mm -hmm. my better half. Without that guy. Honey, it's me that should apologize. 
I mean, yeah, that that proposal was really messy mm. and half-assed. But then again, so are you. But you are also the kindest and most honest man I have ever met. And I would be the luckiest girl on earth to call you mine. Randall McCullough. Will you marry me? Trudy Plant. Marrying you would be my greatest honor. Pouches are engaged. engaged. Yay. Oh, the best. Yay. It's honestly hard to remember a time, though, where they weren't. I mean, obviously, the first three seasons. But, like, it just feels like Plouch has been around forever. So, like, to go back and actually, like, watch them get engaged, it's just like, oh, man. My it's heart. Sweet. Yeah. I can't believe they've been married for like six years now. That's crazy. It's wild. <laughs> so wild. I know. I know. So then Cruz goes to see Herman, and we have what is a pretty emotional scene. I all I remembered about this scene before rewatching it, I just remembered Cruz crying a lot. I didn't remember any of the dialogue, but this is actually a really, really powerful scene. Yeah. Let him fall. But I wanted him dead. But I don't want Freddy to get off that easy. I want him to rot. What he did to you. Just wanted to tell you. It's a good thing you did. I wasn't going to let him get away with it. I don't mean that. I mean, what you were trying to do for Freddie, that's all. He had a real screwy life growing up. And, uh, you're giving him a chance to get away from that. I'm not ready to forgive that kid. No matter what that bastard Arlovsky says. But, uh, I sure as hell don't blame you for what happened. Okay? Okay. You gotta know that. I love this scene. Herman always knows the right thing to say, no matter what. Even if it's, like, a dire circumstance like this. Yeah, like, even when his life is literally hanging in the balance... He mm-hmm. still says the right thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like Cruz obviously needed to hear from Herman. Like mm-hmm. Severide could have said, you know, anything. Bowden could have told him anything. Like he needed to hear it from Herman. He yeah. wasn't going to be, I mean, he's still not okay for the rest of the crossover pretty much, but like he's better than he was up until this point. But like he needed to hear it from Herman. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, and then from there, Herman starts having issues breathing and Cruz calls Connor into the room immediately. And Connor's like, well, we've got to go to the OR like now. And the last image of this episode is pretty much Cindy at like the forefront. And I love the way Casey's just like holding on to her in that moment. Just because yeah. like, you know, she needs, she's, she's losing it. She's freaking out. And so like, I just love the way Casey chooses to hold her in that moment and just try to ground her. Cindy, Cindy, I, I'm, I love Cindy. Protect Cindy at all costs always always she's the best she's the best 
Um, yeah, so we got some listener thoughts on this one, a little bit here and there. So Daisha said, we knew 51 was a family, but this episode definitely makes that prominent. The part with Herman and Cruz brought me to tears. I love every little reminder we get that they're family. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. So elsewhere across 51, we've got Chili. There's something we oh. haven't said ever. Oh. I know. I can't stand Chili. Chili walks so Violet could run. Yeah. For mm-hmm yeah well and it's funny because in our facebook group there's like a one of those like kind of i don't know if it's if you'd call it a meme or like a challenge that's the right word i'm looking for a challenge you know that's like you know 28 days of this or whatever and there's one that's about fire chicago fire and so every day in facebook group there's a different prompt and you answer it or whatever Mm -hmm. and the other day it was like least favorite character and i know a lot of people said like hope and gorsh and seeger and whatever and i was like yeah, those are all hated characters, but they're supposed to be hated characters, right? Like they're intended to be, well, Seeger, maybe not, but like Hope and Gorsh were intended to be hated. I don't think Chili was intended to be hated, but she was hated. And like, I think she's the worst character Chicago Fires ever had. Would I go that far? Uh, yeah, like, especially because like, I, Gorsh and Hope, I think you could argue were worse, but they're intended to be villains, right? And I think there's a difference. Like, Gail McLeod intended to be a villain. But, like, Chili wasn't intended to be a villain. She just sucked. (laughs) Yeah, and, like, those are the characters you really need to, like, watch out for. Right. Like, she just sucked. (laughs) Yeah. No, I'll give you that. I'll for sure give you that. I she yeah she just she didn't really do anything for me on this show and <laughs> she just eh, she just whines and I just eh, I just hate her. I I feel a little bit bad for that because I also hated Becky on Friday Night Lights. But... I didn't mind Becky. That's the thing. I didn't mind Becky. I didn't mind Becky and Luke. Like I didn't mind Becky at all. But like, chilly. She Ugh. was just yeah. She was very whiny, wasn't she? She even in this episode. So like. At, by the end, okay, let's just, uh, I'll just take, let's just talk about Chili. So basically, I don't even remember what the context of why she's all super standoffish. I think this is when she has her drinking problem, isn't it? I think. I think her sister died. Like her, this is like right around that time that her sister died. Her sister being right, Jelly and Bean. She, and then she has the drinking problem because of it, right? Think I so. think so. But anyway, so Brelly tells Chili, because Chili, Chili doesn't even show up at the hospital for Herman. She's like, oh yeah, I had stuff to care, take care of, but I was going to go see him later. It's like, the fuck do you have to take care of that's not more important than Herman being in the hospital? I mean, I can give her the benefit of the doubt on that one just because like that, that's probably a heavy place she doesn't want to be. And she's but I relatively think she could have said that and people would have understood. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, if you had just said that, but to just be like, no, I had things to do. It's like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> like, anyway. Yeah. So, you know, she's just super standoffish the whole time. And Brelly's like, are you okay? And she just, like, kind of ignores him. Again, can't stand her. <laughs> so, we'll get to, you know, the Jessica Pope of it all. So, basically, Choi stops Brett and Chili on their way out of the ED at one point and asks them about their patient. And that they just brought in. And Chili, like, takes it really personally and doesn't want to answer, like, any of his questions. But Brett's like, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to answer him. And Brett's like, what the fuck is going on with you? And, again, Chili just kind of ignores her and doesn't give her any answers whatsoever. Not good. And, yeah. And so then Brett sees Jimmy 
by the coffee machine and like kind of awkwardly asks him about his life and his including his love life because obviously up until this point jimmy and chili kind of had a thing and they were just that was the ship that is terrible and i yeah yeah and so brett's like you know well i've noticed that chili's on edge and like i just want to know did you guys get in a fight or something um and all jimmy says he's like you know i think whatever she's going through isn't even about like me or herman obviously again because like you said her sister just died you know she's dealing with a lot of stuff and then like in terms of this storyline again we don't get a ton of jimmy and chili thank god Mm -hmm. but like you just see chili crying in the corner at med like all by herself and it's just like huh yeah it's just kind of weird it's just weird it's just it's just weird that whole jimmy situation was such a mess that you remember how sylvie had feelings for him at one point too yeah we covered that episode where they like kind of admitted that was weird it just it was so weird it's so weird they just they did chili was not great jimmy was not great it just did not work i just feel like both of those characters were very bland yeah it they tried and it just did not work just didn't work no and I'm like, I'm trying to imagine now, like, what would happen if Gallo got introduced to us the same way Jimmy got introduced, like, in, in his underwear and, like, saran wrap or something. And I still no. just, I, I still feel like, I, I feel like Gallo has more charisma. For sure. And they introduce you right away with Ga- The difference between Gallo, too, is that, like, Jimmy was just like, okay, yeah, he's kind of in his brother's shadow. And, you know, his brother kind of messed up his beginning. And then you're supposed to, like, root for him or whatever. The difference with Gallo, too, is, like, they really, I think, effectively introduced him, obviously, with his, like, crazy stunts, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But then also, like, the heartbreaking backstory. And when you realize, like, why he became the firefighter and, like, why he is the kind of firefighter that he is. Mm -hmm. Like, I just think it works so much better. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. So then we get the lead into med. Yeah. There's just not a lot to talk about with Chili and Jimmy. They're just boring. They're just boring. And like I said, honestly, I mean, season four is a shit show in general, but like they definitely add to why it is such a shit show. (laughs) For sure. For sure. Um, Okay. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, do you want to cover this part? Do you want me to just take it over real quick? Um, Whichever you want. I can talk about it. Either one um yeah you go ahead and talk about it okay so basically this is how we lead into the med portion of the crossover so basically earlier on in the episode all of 51 gets called to this apartment complex fire according to one of the tenants she smelled gas of course went to go goes to tell the landlord what happened and all of a sudden there's an explosion casey and gabby go to the basement to try and like turn the gas off and they find a woman down there you know she's unconscious barely breathing and they of course immediately and she had like a bag over her head so of course they immediately assume suicide attempt and then while they're still down there though another explosion takes place so Bowden like rushes in after them helps them get the body out um according to like the other tenants the unconscious woman her name is jessica pope they rush her to med And later on, we see Choi and Will discussing Jessica's blood work, and it doesn't really make any sense. And Will just says, you know, we've got to keep digging. And that's the fire portion. Yeah, that is the fire portion of this. Yeah. So then we move over into med. This is where it starts getting messy. There's just so much. (laughs) There's so much. There's so much. Okay. 
So we pick up with the Connor and Herman stuff, okay? And again, don't forget, at this point, everybody's been kind of questioning. Everybody at 51 has been questioning Connor's judgment, which, like, y'all, like... But without saying it to his face. (laughs) Right, right, right. So we pick up where we left off. Connor's wheeling Herman into surgery. And Connor calls in Dr. Zanetti. Wow. (laughs) What a throwback. Yeah, yeah. I literally forgot she existed. Same. Yeah, same. What What's really funny to me is like, there's a point, there's a point in the episode where she's like, what, did you think I was like going to go easy on you just because I'm sleeping with you? And then I was like, it's really sad that you can just like take her out and slot in any other female doctor. And that sentence still works. Like that sucks. Well, not, and not for Connor specifically, it really it'd be Ava. And Robin. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. 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 But I don't, I, I, I never hated Robin. I was going to say I could probably, I could look back on those episodes pretty fondly now just because Michaela Cox, but I never yeah. hated Robin. I liked her. No, but again, I just, those early seasons are just such a mess. Season one of Met is a trip. Season two of Met is a trip. No, they're both trips. They're both trips. <laughs> what about the fact that we still had pregnant Natalie? Like, <laughs> yeah, we still have the early days of her and Will flirting. It's like a lot. Oh my God. And it's so painful too. So bad. We'll get there. We'll get there. So Dr. Zanetti tries to like knock him down a few pegs for not bringing him right to Angie when, when they brought him in. So then Jay comes in. We have more Jay and Will scenes in this one episode of Med than we've had in the past like four seasons combined. Yeah, it's been a while. Do they even remember that the other person exists? Like, what? It's a great question. <laughs> we're, we're working on some things. And if one of those things comes to fruition, then we're going to have to ask that person a, a question along those lines. Um, <laughs> yes. To talk in like super vague generalities, whatever. Uh, yeah. So Jay is like, hey, like Jay walks in with Severide first off. Let's just point that out. Jay walks in with Sev. <laughs> this is the most, Okay. Okay. Finish your thoughts. Finish. Yeah. So Jay walks in with Severide and he asks Will, he's like, can I ask you like a doctor question? Which like, let's be real. Asking your brother if you can ask him a doctor question can go so many different ways. So many different ways. <laughs> but he's like, would you have waited so long to do anything had Herman not come in under your watch? And Will's like, okay, well, that's a tough call. So I remember the first time I watched this back in 2016 being like, why is Jay, why does Jay care all of a sudden? Like, this is really weird. Didn't even realize until the rewatch that Severide probably put him up to it. But here, okay. But here's the thing. At this point in the show, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Severide and Jay aren't friends. I mean, like, I don't say they're not enemies or anything, but like, they're not friends. They're colleagues. But like enough for Severide to put it up for you know put jay up to something like i don't know it was just so bizarre to me i was like like because i noticed that too like i don't think i really ever remembered the fact that like severide probably put jay up to that and i was like but wait a second it's the only way it makes sense no it totally makes sense but like the friendship doesn't make sense no but i think this was the point where we were so early in med or we were so early in the the concept of the shared universe that they were like we just need to assume that everybody knows everybody no, I know. And obviously they did because obviously remember Jay had opinions on the Aaron and Severide relationship. So, and Jay and Aaron are together at this point. So like, 
that's all. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Are we? Are we post couch in this episode? No, we're not post couch. The no, couch we is- are post couch. Couch is three oh five, and this is three ten. So they're like together, together. This isn't yeah, even this post. Is like, like, do you want to is- talk about your day? Yeah, no. This is they're like together, together at this point. That's what I'm saying. It's weird that Severide and Jay are like friends and i don't know i mean i feel about the early seasons the way i do about the early 2000s where it was just so innocent and fun like (laughs) oh tbt to the early days yeah it's just i like you said i just was one of those things when i was rewatching. i was like wait a second huh yeah yeah so will's like that's a really tough call like i wasn't there he prefaces it like a million times he's like i wasn't there but I probably wouldn't have, t- I probably would have taken him into surgery like right away. So then they handle this like a bunch of sixth graders <laughs> instead of a bunch of first responders. They play a game of telephone is what they do, like medical telephone. So Will tells Jay, Jay tells Sev, Sev tells Gabby, Gabby tells everybody else. Yep. <sighs> like a bunch of sixth graders. Yeah. And Severide is still in, like, my friend got hurt, so I'm lashing out mode. Okay. Severide is an asshole in this med episode, okay? I'm just going to say it. Oh, yeah. He's a complete asshole. All he does in this episode is overstep. Yep. And not just with Connor. And I was just going to say, not just with Connor. All he does in this episode is overstep. Overstep, overstep. So he decides to confront Connor about it. And he's like, why did you wait? And Connor gives him this look of like, boy, did you just? And yeah, so- he literally says, he's like, are you talking to me about medicine right now? Like, what this the fuck? Is, this is one of those moments I really wish the show was on cable so that Connor could actually be like, the fuck did you just say? Yeah. Like, oh man. Oh, Kelly. Well, and then Severide hits him with like, a, I'm talking to you about my friend. And it's just like, really? But you're trying to mansplain to your friend who's a doctor. How you to be a mansplain, doctor. You can mansplain something to another male. It can happen. Yeah. You're trying to tell your doctor friend how to be a doctor. So yeah, that's going to go well. Listen, there's nothing in this world Kelly cannot do, right? Man's an Avenger. He can be a cop. He can be a superhero. He could probably go be a lawyer if he wanted to. I feel like the one thing on earth that man cannot do is practice medicine. He would find a way, but like. It would not be pretty. It wouldn't be pretty. No. No. (laughs) So bad. So then Zanetti comes in and she finds Connor in the doctor's lounge to cheer him up. And he asks her whether or not she said something to fire about mishandling Herman. And I like how it's not even like Firehouse 51. It's just straight up like, did you tell the kids on that fire show? Like, is that what you did? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And she's pretty shocked that he would accuse her of that. So I don't know. So then later he pages Dr. Zanetti up to Herman's room and kind of lays out his daddy issues. Look, this isn't an excuse. I am just trying to give you a little context here. I have a father whom you met, who's made it his life's mission to undermine me. Maybe that's made me a little sensitive at times. You have trust issues. 
You could put it that way. I can handle that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I forgot that. Uh, I, I mean, not that I forgot about the daddy issues. It's just that, like, when you see Connor for the first time in years, you're like, oh, yeah, he came with that whole thing of baggage. That's right. Yeah. Well, and just the early, because I think it's obviously easy for us to remember the daddy issues in reference to Ava and all that shit. Mm-hmm. But, like, the fact that they went back as far as literally the beginning of the show, it's like, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So take it from here, Brenna. Okay, so um, Will confronts Jay, of course, like, Will finds out that, you know, that Jay has basically played medical telephone about <laughs> Herman, and is, like, very bad at it. And so, Gabby then later on, you know, Connor comes in, Gabby asks Connor for an update, and, but before he can really say anything, like, Herman starts crashing. And so, Connor starts working on him, and again, Severide steps in when he shouldn't and he's like you sure about this and connor's just like back off and again (laughs) if it had only been on cable we would have gotten a back the fuck off i i loved everything about this moment just even the timing of it how severite severite wasn't even done with the sentence where connor was like back off and it was like his like back the fuck up tone yeah yeah also how bad was it when they were in the doctor's lounge and like after Zanetti stormed out and like basically there's like a prolonged moment of Connor just giving Will like a death stare through the glass mm-hmm. so which will awkward. get more of their awkward yeah so Connor's ultimately able to get Herman stable again and like Severide changes his tone in basically like two seconds and he like Connor's like leaving the room and Severide just says like a teary thank you um Yes. Probably could have prefaced that with I'm sorry, but that yes. works. And again, we'll get to the more of this in a second, but Connor and Will are heading down to the autopsy room and Will apologizes for the comment that he made to Jay that started all of this shit. Um again, they would have been better as like colleagues and friends, you know, on the right of friends than enemies, but that's not what we got for most it's, of the show. So it's just completely unrealistic that like two men that are high up in their thirties with medical degrees are going to fight with petty. each other like elementary kids. I mean, doctors, I think surgeons, can, I think can be kind of petty sometimes, but not, I think to this level. Yeah. But anyway, um, we did have some listener thoughts on this. Um, Daisha said, watching them do the surgery on med was hard, but I knew Connor would do nothing less than his best, even if he likes to piss people off in the process. I miss Connor so much. Yeah. Like, he had the God complex, and it was maddening, but I miss Connor so much. Yeah. <sighs> okay. So then we get Joy, Dr. Charles, Will more on what we kind of where we left off with like the jessica pope stuff so basically goodwin stops by and Choi tells her that pd is investigating the whole jessica pope situation but like she's still a medical mystery because her bow and marrow came back and it looks to have been blasted by chemo so obviously they're like oh well she had cancer so that they're like well maybe that's why she was suicidal and so again jay and severide because that's a friendship that we didn't know existed before this episode um, show up and they're like, yeah, you know, this is the only stuff we could salvage from the scene, you know, a couple personal belongings, but like, it's not really going to be anything useful, but good ones like, okay, well, Dr. Charles can take a look at it, you know, do his Dr. Charles thing, you know? Yeah. 
And so he does. And he tells his BFF, Goodwin, that he's actually not convinced that Jessica Pope is suicidal because he found a round trip ticket to Paris in her things for six fronts from now. And he's like, well, why would she have a plane ticket, you know, for six months from now if she was going to kill herself? Like, that's not, that something's not adding up. So he asks Will to ask Jay to do him a favor and Jay reluctantly agrees. And Jay comes back and he's like, this is really all we could find. It's a letter. And Will shows it to Dr. Charles and it's a suicide note. But it's not a suicide note about her being sick. It, you know, it says like, you know, my it was my fault because I trusted him. And so then Choi pops into this whole thing and he's like, you know, I just got some weird results. And basically it shows that Jessica Pope is dying from an overdose of chemo but never had cancer. This is, this whole storyline is wild. You never listened to the podcast, Dr. Death, did you? No. Yeah, I don't, it's not your cup of tea. I think it's a little too dark for you, but this is, season two is about like a a real life version of this. Really? Oh yeah, where this doctor was basically diagnosing people with cancer who didn't have cancer and just ordering like boatloads of chemo and getting all the kickbacks. It's really crazy. Crazy. Um, So then we kind of do a little bit of a 180 and Will and Connor start treating a woman who had a seizure in the street and then was hit by a car. And so Will thinks that the key is the seizure, not the fact that she was hit by the car, but Connor is more concerned about the trauma and not the seizure that she had. Oh my God. And they, of course, open, cut open her clothes and they find a chemo port. So they're like, they start arguing about the fact, like, are we going to do a CT of the whole body or just her head? And of course, the patient then flatlines and is soon pronounced dead. So Connor gets called into Goodwin's office and Dr. Charles is just like, and he thinks he's in trouble because of the fact that he and Will were arguing. He like starts defending himself and Dr. Charles is just like, no, like, that's not why you're here. Uh, We're not quitting name your medical decisions he's like you know we just want to expedite the autopsy on the woman who died and because dr charles has a suspicion that jessica pope and this girl may be linked and so like i said earlier we kind of mentioned earlier dr charles brings will and connor down to the autopsy room um and again not only did their patient danny od on chemo it was also for cancer she didn't have just like jessica pope um so then we have this meeting of the minds and something, again, something's clearly going on with both these women, but they don't really have any information on them to help them get to the bottom of it. And we'll, there's more out throughout the episode, which we'll get to in a second, but I yeah. feel like towards the end, this gets super confusing. There's so many different patients and so many different doctors working on them. And that yeah, it, again, this crossover is a lot. <laughs> it really is. It really is. So then they still tried to make time in this crossover for for like random story. Yeah. Like other stuff like, oh, hey, it's still an episode of Med. So let's like show you some normal stuff. So we've got Reese and Noah and Joey. And you know what I realized in watching the scenes between the three of them? I was like, wait a second. This was like the OG, like Gallo Ritter Violet. Like that's the, it was like their OG, like form, try it a trio. Not the OG Birds of Water, because Birds of Water is the OG. But 
Like, I, but I wouldn't say that because I don't think I would really consider all three of them like BFFs or anything. No, but like it was their first try. It was like the show's first try at like the young hip trio. Like the, uh, the youth. I think it's different. I think like Reese and Joey were definitely a thing. And then when Joey was not in the picture, then they obviously kind of had that Reese and Noah thing that just didn't work either. Um so I wouldn't say they were a trio, but like I guess I can see where you're trying to draw the comparison, but like I I wouldn't have ever thought about that them like yeah. that. So we get Reese and Joey's first meeting. It's a an awkward meet cute, a really awkward meet cute. Really awkward. Yeah. They're just really awkward. Yeah. Cause Reese took the last Splenda. That's how they meet. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I forgot all about this i don't we we i guess kind of sometimes talk about it but like how did you feel about reese i never got attached to her i like i didn't i didn't like i didn't not like actively dislike her i just never got attached i was just kind of like okay you're doing your thing that's cool yeah like i i know there's obviously a lot of sarah reese stands on the internet and mm-hmm. i am not one of those people like i thought she was fine but she's another character that when she left like they totally did her dirty they oh, ruined so her dirty. So that was dirty. bad that was bad i forget like i blocked that out but like that was bad there's still to this day a very large contingent of the fandom that ships sarah reese and connor Rhodes. yep oh it's a large yeah large large portion yep yep i don't see it but me neither again to each one's own that's yep. the beauty of fandom that's the beauty of fandom and the beauty of shipping because and and we'll, we'll get there once we talk about april we can like whoever we like yep so meanwhile it's noah's first day this is the first time we meet noah oh this just made me miss roland i know so much so much oh, again our first the, repeat guest our first repeat guest just the greatest hits of who's not here anymore but actually though but actually though noah's another one who deserved better they didn't ruin his character but like he they did him dirty exit wise they did him dirt i'm I'm, literally we could just go down the line Mm -hmm. which is terrible yeah yeah but so it's noah's first day april asks reese to give him a tour just you know yeah babies sweet sweet babies so Reese asks Dr. Choi about the patient's bone marrow depletion. Because remember, this is all looping together and it's the focus of her research. And so she wants to run more tests. So she takes her samples down to the lab, asks Joey for a mass spec and stat, and it's super awkward. Um, and he says, okay. And then Reese walks away and high fives her, his coworker. I don't know. It's all weird. It's really weird. They're yeah. just awkward. Yeah. So then Choi gets a gunshot victim and he asks Noah to assist and Noah kind of freezes up a bit. I don't know why, but like I was trying to keep up with his questions as he was asking them. And like, I find, I found myself wild ass guessing. He's like, well, there's bleeding from the rectum. Where's the bullet? I'm like, the rectum? (laughs) That's what Noah says. And then, yeah. Yeah. He's like, well, now there's pain in his leg. Now where is it? I'm like, it's probably in his leg. I'm like trying to keep up. I don't know why. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But Noah froze up and then Ethan's like, it's not the last gunshot wound you'll see. But it's again, it's just so funny that we're in the early days of med here because we're still in the process of explaining what certain things are. Because like yeah. this episode finally explains like, this is what Baghdad is. Yeah. <laughs> just funny. Just crazy. Funny. Things that have just become so naked, second nature to us now. It's like, yeah. Crazy. Yep. 
So Joey brings Reese the results, but finds Noah instead. And Noah's like, I'll give her the results. Like, that's fine. So then Sev finds April and he's like, dude, there's a guy in the ED who's like a dead ringer for your brother. And April's like, yeah, that's, that's cause it is my brother. He, he's here. He's here. Uh, and Kelly's like, they're really going to let him become a doctor. Like, does he know an ass from an elbow yet? Cause I think I saw him flailing back there. Just, just super cute. And so he's like, you know, he says, he's like, well, at least he's got a big sister to turn to when he needs someone to show him how it's done. Oh, Severide and April. Okay. We had this conversation a couple of days ago about how like you can ship whoever you want. Yes. Yes. We had this conversation with the, with the pod squad, with our other friends, just, just nothing like just something brought it on and we were just discussing. Listen, you out there who's listening, you can ship whoever the fuck you want. If you wanted to ship Ubzik and Burzik at the same time, guess what? You can do that. It's allowed. Oh my goodness. It's allowed. It's okay. Didn't ship Dossie. Maybe you ship Casey and Naomi. Guess what? That's okay too. (laughs) It's okay too. It's okay. Just because you don't share the majority opinion, it doesn't mean you're wrong. You're not wrong. You like who you like. It's totally fine. Yep. Preach it. With that said, okay. Again, you like who you like. It's totally fine. And as shyhards in this family of fans that we are in, we don't tear each other down for disagreeing on our ships, do we, Bryna? No. 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 We do the thing that Dossie said in that one episode, which is we lift each other up. <laughs> we lift each other up. Here's my point. Okay. I loved the Dossies. I shipped them. I loved them very much. I look back on Mills and Gabby, and guess what? I loved them too. I love you them love too. Jay and Gabby. Oh my God. Did I love Jay and Gabby? Listen, I loved me some Winstead. I am up till I die, but man, did I love Gabby and Jay together? They were fun. They that was were a fun. Good, that was a good, like five episode ship. Oh my goodness. They were a lot of fun. Here's the deal. I love Stellaride. I love them so much. Brenna, you love Stellaride too, right? Uh, duh. Yeah. Stellaride or die, man. Just they're the best, but guess what? I loved seven April together. I, I have a very different opinion. I did not. I loved Severide in April. And my point is that again, you can ship whoever you like. And even some of these earlier ships, you can still like them. It's okay. It's okay. You didn't like them? No. I, here's the thing. I thought, I think the way they tried to obviously use April as one of the like main again so they had like April and Will as kind of the two main pillars in which they spun off like to get med you know it's like the yeah. spin off and i liked that beginning i liked the fact that someone from Severide's past came back and you know that which and we've talked about we really want to go back and like cover one of those old episodes with like the Scott Rice and all that we mm-hmm. haven't done that and we that's definitely on the list for a future week off but so I'm here for that. But the more I think about it, like, I never, like, I don't hate Severide in April, but I think they just kind of dropped the ball. Like, they tried to make it something and then never really followed through. And, like, it just kind of ended up coming out awkward. And I feel like, especially looking back on it, I was thinking about this a lot as I was rewatching this you know, in the last couple of days is that to me, it just kind of felt like, cause obviously in the context of where we're at, like Severide is very much in his like Severide circle days and just mm-hmm. like sleeping and making out with like everything that has like two legs and two arms. And, and I just feel like, <laughs> yeah. And I just feel like it kind of ruined 
their friendship because I went back and I looked at the IMDb because the way this whole storyline ends is kind of weird. And I was like, okay, well, there's definitely going to be like, there was definitely a follow-up conversation to this, right? Where they decide to just be friends. No. Like the next time Severide's on med is like the next season. And then like April's on med or April's on fire, like later in season four, but it's like 10 episodes from now. Like they just leave it at this. And I'm just like, and I just feel like then we never see Severide and April as friends until what's like uh, like seasons later mm-hmm. and I just feel like because they kind of went into this like flirty kissy territory and like never really did anything with it it kind of ruined their friendship which I feel like you know was just so good and I just I wish they hadn't ruined it for I do I do remember this particular scene being completely out of the blue because like they had hooked up before med spun off like after before before well, med spun think- off and after the hospital got blown up the second time yeah, and but I think they were like Severide especially was like kind of flirty when she like you know when they were like spinning it off, but like yeah, and I just feel like I said I it's not that I was against the idea of them or anything. I just wish if they were gonna go that route, I wish they had like re- fleshed it out. I mean, as fleshed it out as much as they could for crossovers, mm-hmm. but like or not gone there at all. Cause like, I feel like because they kind of went there and then never brought it up again, they just kind of ruined April and Severide friendship. I can see that. I can see that. So like, I don't hate the idea of them. I just, you know. <laughs> I loved them for what they were. And for some reason, the very first thing that comes to mind when I think of April and Severide is that routine from So You Think You Can Dance with Janine and the Locket to that Jason Mraz song. You've sent it to me. I don't know it as well as you do, but I know I've seen it. You've sent it to me. So good. Just, I, I think I loved their foundation as like childhood friends. I don't know. I just love yeah, it. Yeah, and like I said, I wish they, if it could have been good if they had fleshed it out, but mm-hmm. then they ruined it instead. And we don't ever really get Severide and April friendship back or it takes a lot longer for us to get that back. Yeah, yeah. So. So yeah, because they, they go into the elevator together and out of nowhere, Kev, Ke- Kelly, I was going to say, I was going to say Severide and then I was going to say Kelly. And then I was like, Kev, but no, that's Kevin. Uh, uh, yeah. And Sev just plants a kiss on her, which is something you cannot do by 2022 standards. Um, yeah. And he's just like, go to dinner with me. And she's like, okay. And it, it doesn't suck. Yeah. Doesn't suck. No. So then Noah gives the results of the mass spec straight to Choi and he does something very taboo under 2022 standards. He takes credit for it. I think that was taboo even for 2017 standard. No, this is not 2017, 2016 standards. Mm -hmm. He takes credit. Noah, man. Yeah. So then Reese confronts him about it. And Noah's like, I don't know what came out of me. It's just med school. So competitive. Like, I just really want Ethan to like me. And he's like, listen, I'll tell the truth, but please don't tell April. Like she'll freak out. So April checks in on Noah. He's trying to study. And basically he talks her into ditching Severide to help him study is basically what happens. So Sev then later stops by to see April and Herman woke up. So that's exciting. That's mm-hmm. exciting. Actually, this is our resolution to the whole Herman thing, isn't it? No, I mean, we kind of got the whole Herman, you know, I mean, like it kind of, I feel like ended, we kind of, I think knew once 
Connor walked out of the room and Severide said thank you. Like I think we kind of knew that like Herman was going to be okay, but I guess this is technically the resolution. It just it, it was not tied up at all. It was just very shoved under the rug. Like okay, like getting yeah, it was heart. like the whole first half of the crossover, but it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. So then Severide is talking to April, and he's like, "Well, this calls for champagne." And then this happens. Never changes, does it? What? April, you've been putting him ahead of you your whole life. You should be the one with the stethoscope. I have a stethoscope. You know what I mean? I'm not. You wanted to be a doctor. You're twice as smart as him. You're just doing this to put him through med school. You know my parents? You, th- you think I had a choice? It was always the boy who was going to become a doctor. And I get that. I understand. But you're grown up now. When does it stop? You know what? Thank you for your concern, but I'm fine. And I don't need your advice. Yes. And like I said, I just assumed they had a conversation like the next episode or something where they're like no we're gonna just be friends and like it's just timing doesn't work out and they don't and i was like Severin doesn't show up on med again till season two like the end of season two and i was like wait what in all fairness if i'm april and kelly says that to me i'm not talking to him for a long time right but like like i said i just feel like i just assumed there was like a follow-up to this and then there wasn't once mm-hmm. i checked imdb and i was like okay yeah it's just so weird it's just yeah and i remember getting my hopes up too i was like april and sever back on and then nothing ever happened literally nothing yeah yeah literally nothing nope so then after that joey comes up to the ed and tells reese that he just delivered another mass spec now we're starting to put the pieces together and he just says he's like they made it some kind of a big deal like must become must be some kind of hero now uh, and then she tries to ask him out and he walks away. So awkward, awkward, so awkward. So yeah, couple of listener thoughts here. Dacia said, I forgot that we were introduced to Noah in this episode. I really like his character, even if he does make some questionable decisions sometimes in later seasons, but come on, that's what Med is all about, right? Correct. Yeah, like I said, I forgot that Noah gets introduced in this episode too. And it's just like, oh man, TBT, mm-hmm. TBT. Um, Megan R said with Severide mentioning Noah, it makes me wonder how their relationship was when they were younger. Kelly hung out at the Sexton's house all the time, yet he never mentioned Noah in any of the stories he told about April. I feel like we've, I feel like we've theorized this before that like Noah had to just be like the obnoxious little brother and that he totally looked up to Severide. Yeah. But like, they didn't want to hang out with Noah. Obviously. Oh no. No. Yeah. Okay. Oh man. Okay. Natalie and Maggie. Again so much happened but actually though okay so again like gina mentioned earlier natalie is pregnant in this story and still and so maggie is her birthing buddy and so maggie's like hey you know we have this date later this afternoon which is like a tour of the hospital um that they work at and natalie's just natalie doesn't really want to go but maggie's like no we're going but then jay stops by to say hi and is like because she he hears natalie get a patient that's not like a kid and he's like i thought will told me you were pediatrics and then maggie of course tells us you know she's like yeah Matt, natalie is pediatrics and you know 
emergency and so you know yada 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 she basically take care of everybody and natalie's just like so what else did will tell you about me because again obviously will and natalie are still in like the flirty flirty phase or whatever but it was just funny especially because this scene made me think of all the jay and natalie stuff we got at the end of season two and i was just like oh man awkward yeah like okay anyway so like I said earlier, Natalie gets this patient who's an 80-year-old woman. She has a fever and she can't speak. Natalie tried, her son is there with her and Natalie tries to ask him questions, but like he just flew in. He's like, I don't really know what's going on with her. I know they were treating her for mouth cancer. He's like, that's all I got. Natalie doesn't see anything, but she's like, okay, we'll run some tests, you know, figure out the source of the fever, you know, yada, yada, yada. So she comes back to check on her patient and now her patient has UTI, antibiotics aren't touching it, her kidneys are shutting down, but they still don't know why it's happening. So Natalie, of course, like goes to examine her patient and has some pain sitting down, but she's like, no, 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 like I'm just gonna ignore that. Why would I tell anyone that I'm not, you know, hmm. 100% with it? So they go on, the, Natalie and Maggie go on this hospital tour and everything is just like, so wrong they like literally the tour guide is like telling them all this stuff that like isn't even worth anything and natalie maggie just like call her out and it's Mm -hmm. just it's very funny so natalie finds will and she's like you know i heard about your patient you know yada yada and they're talking and she like sees her patient's son and like avoids him and will's like what are you doing (laughs) and she's like i just I don't have any answers. I don't know how to help him, you know, yada, yada, yada. And so Will's like, well, if you can't help your patient, maybe you can help my patient's girlfriend with some advice. This is such an early Will move. Yeah. And so Natalie does, and she lets the girls, you know, Danny's girlfriend, like cry in her arms and, you know, yada, yada, yada. Not as important, but anyway. No. So Natalie goes to check on her patient and she starts crashing. Um, Ultimately, she's able to get her stable, though. She doesn't die. But Will brings Dr. Charles over, and they ask if they can run some biomarkers. Because, again, Dr. Charles has this, like, underlying theory that, like, all these patients are related and that she may not actually have had cancer. So, as it turns out, Natalie finds out later from Dr. Charles and Goodwin that that is actually the case. Like, her patient also never had cancer and was, you know, had chemo, though. And so that's three patients in one day. And so they are, you know, so they say, Natalie's like, you know, somebody's doing this on purpose. And Goodwin's like, yeah, I already called the police. Uh, intelligence is on their way. And that's the end of the med portion. Dun, dun, dun. Da-da. And in case you missed it, because you probably did, because they buried it under the rug, Herman's okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, literally the first half of the crossover is all about Herman being stabbed and they don't yeah it yeah yeah i think if we learned anything from this crossover it's that like the cohesive story is better than this yeah it's just when even the earlier ones too like some of the other ones that aren't this one they would at least be just like okay normal normal episode okay something that ties into the next episode okay normal 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 episode okay something else has to tie into the next part like they weren't even this much crossover they were trying they were like some hybrid of like those crossovers and then the crossovers we now have and it was just not the right combination 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So now it's PD time. Stretch it out. This oh. is an emotional. PD is an emotional one. I, this is not a good PD episode in my opinion. You don't like this one? No. Why? It, it, this is just, is not a good episode in my opinion. It's just not, there's nothing captivating about it. Um, you've got to pay really, really, really close attention to stick with every single detail. It is a good episode, but you've really got to pay like close, close attention to know what's going on. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think obviously not a Voight fan, Mm -hmm. not a Voight fan at all, but I think especially in these early seasons where there's so much to like the Aaron backstory and how that relationship tied in with Voight and obviously the Camille of it all. Like I thought this episode does a good job without even being directly about like Voight and Camille's relationship and how Aaron tied into it Mm -hmm. on shining some backstory onto Voight and like that relationship, like the ending scene is really what gets me. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what about the ending scene too, is that those are actual home videos. That's like Jason's actual, well now ex-wife and son. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and then it got me too, because I remember that in this point in the show, Justin Voight is still alive. And then I got emotional because then I thought about Justin Voight and that death. And then I thought about Josh Sagara and I'm just. Oh, yeah. 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 So, okay. We start off intelligence takes over a conference room at med to go over what they know. I remember the big deal about the scene being that like Tori had walked in. And so it was finally like an official one tree Hill reunion because we had Brooke Davis and psycho nanny Carrie in the same scene. <sighs> yeah. They hadn't had, I guess. Well, yeah, I guess the med have only been around for five episodes, but yeah. 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 Crazy. So Jessica Pope's apartment was burnt to like the bones. It was burnt to char. There's really nothing for them to go through. Danny Frank's girlfriend said that Danny had been doing better until she took a turn and her doctor had put her, put her on an experimental protocol that was supposed to beat it. So this is when Natalie pops in and in typical Natalie fashion, she's like, I don't know if this is illegal, but I really don't care here. Have some evidence. Like I just like with no LOL at Natalie being Natalie since day one. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so this new patient, Leah, she's got Danny, Carol, and Jessica's numbers programmed in her phone, all the past patients. So they know each other. Antonio calls the insurance company and that gives them the doctor's name, which is Dean Ribold. And that name freezes Voight and Aaron in their tracks. Yep. So Aaron convinces him, like, let me and Jay go confront him because if you go, Ribald's going to shut you down. It turns out that this was the doctor who treated Camille when she was going through her cancer battle. Camille, if you don't remember, is Hank's uh, Hank's late wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember there being a trivia question one, like a bunch of one Chicago days ago where somebody actually asked like a bunch of the PD kids, like what kind of cancer did, was it that killed Camille? And Maria yes. was like, what? Like, how do people expect us to know this? Didn't Patty know the answer? Oh, I don't remember if he knew. I just remember Marina being like, what the hell? Who asked this kind of question? And me being like, it was ovarian. Don't ask me how I know. I feel oh, like Patty, I think Patty like got every trivia question. I remember that. I, I remember that. I think that was our first year, like doing the podcast, like mm-hmm. with one Chicago day. I, I remember, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so Aaron and Jay go to Rebel's office, but he pretends like he's super sad upon hearing the news. Like he's totally shady doctor. And Aaron's starting to pounce. And I do love how Jay's like, hey, we're going to come back without Warren. And he just kind of like pats Aaron on the shoulder and is like, come on, come on. Get out of here. <laughs> like, let's go. Yeah. 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 Uh, and so, and all the while, like not knowing the full story of what's going on. Like Jay is just like, I think Jay in, in general is just such a good boyfriend. Just- well, yeah, now husband. So now husband, hell yeah. But like, boyfriend Jay, just- he always what he always was, always was going to be like. It didn't matter who he was with; he was going to be a good boyfriend slash husband. Yeah, it didn't yeah, matter for sure, for sure. Then we bounce over to this other stuff because the Burgess stuff is still going on. So remember when Roman was getting the injections to donate? What was he doing? Bone marrow. Bone marrow to that little kid Andrew, right? Yeah. Now. Andrew's mom was in an abusive relationship with Andrew's dad. And at the end of the last episode, Roman basically like shot him. That's it, right? That's the gist. Yeah. No. No. What happened? Yeah. Yeah. Cause Richie ends up dead. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The little boy died. And then the, the woman, I think her name, I don't remember what her name is. Her was. name's Callie. Bingo. But the and reason I- that Roman shot Richie is because he says that Richie had a gun so obviously that was why he was prompted to shoot at Richie but then the whole debate is because once they get to Richie's body they don't see Richie's gun yeah yep and so now it's like oh well did Roman just kill someone who wasn't actually armed yep yep so Burgess walks into the district. She sees Roman talking to someone about his shooting because these are still the Roman days. Eh. He really was the worst. Worse than Chili? <sighs> ah, that's a great question. Huh. That's a great question. Yeah, yeah. So she confronts the detective on his case and she's like, what's your agenda here? Cause like from where I'm standing, you look like you want to do anything, but help a jammed up cop who wears the same badge as you. Um, and he just warns her like, stay out of my investigation. Okay. So Platt's like, Hey Kim, guess what? You're on your own today. You can patrol wherever you want, do whatever you want. If it just so happens to be where a gun went missing, I didn't see anything. I don't know anything about it. What are you talking about? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So Antonio finds an ASA to help them figure out exactly what they'll need to nail this ribald guy. And it's this random woman we've never met before aside from this author. This I episode. really, the way they make her, they the way they introduce her is like, thanks for coming, you know, yada, yada, yada. I was like, did we know her before? And I like had to go back in the IMDb. Nope, she's just in this one episode. Yeah, I, but she looks familiar. Has she been in anything else? I have to go, uh, I will- I will pull that back up. Okay. Give me a second. Yeah. So they bring in this ASA to figure out exactly what they're going to need to nail this rival doctor and they get a search warrant for the office. Um, when they get here, when they get there, there's an employee like shredding documents and he's like in the middle of a meeting with his attorney, which like, oh, that works out perfect. Um, yeah. And so Ribald still denies anything. And then he freezes when he sees Voight. And so Voight's like, you know, who doesn't shred files? Innocent people. And Rybold keeps talking about Camille and just pushing Voight's buttons. And so Voight has Rybold arrested, which is literally exactly what the ASA said not to do. Okay. So speaking of the ASA, mm-hmm. her name is, she was played by this woman named Maureen Sebastian. Um, I don't really see, like, she's been, you know, she's like 
been in like a bunch of random episodes, right? Like one-off episodes. Like she was in an episode of Heart of Dixie, um, Gossip Girl, Law and Order, Criminal Intent. Like, you know, just like other re- PD and NCIS. Um, she was in Revolution, which is that tree tv show that tracy did yeah Mm -hmm. she was looked like she was a main character on that um or at least a recurring character um american gothic i I never watched that kind of sounds familiar and then pretty much other than that it's just kind of like i said one-offs like svu swat bull fbi you know like so i'm sure we've seen her in something but like nothing i would know Mm -hmm. really Mm -hmm. so but yeah, I just thought it was funny, like I said, that she gets introduced and it's like, but who are you? Yeah, exactly. Voight's in his home office and he pulls out some old photos of him and Camille, which is really just him and his now ex-wife. Oh, my heart. Yeah. Mm, sweet. So then Burgess goes and talks to Callie again to see if she can get any new information on Richie's the Richie's the dad who Roman killed, right? Yes, okay, Richie's yes. the dad. Yeah, Denny's the brother. Richie's the dad. Okay. So she mentions that Denny drove him to her house since Richie had his license revoked and he might have waited for Richie to come out. But she's like, Denny's a good guy. Like, don't worry. That's a, he's a good guy. And Burgess is like, well, that's suspicious. I don't know. So then Rivald gets released from his holding cell and Voight goes to him. And this is what I'm so confused about this whole thing. Okay. So Voight grabs Rivald's hand, like he used to Camille's and he's like, you'd grab her hand and tell her that she should treasure every moment because life is so fragile. Well, you better start enjoying every moment. Okay, like, did... Why is Voight so quick to jump on this guy? Like, did... We know Camille had cancer, for sure. I think, though, he's... I think we know that, but I think, obviously, when you find out the fact that, like, this guy was telling a bunch of women that they never had cancer or telling them they had cancer that they never actually had he just i think starts second guessing well like did he do that with camille was camille the only reason camille ever died you know actually died is because she was overdosed on chemo like i think he just starts second guessing everything which obviously i think would make sense if you just found out that the doctor your dot your wife's your late wife's cancer doctor was telling women that they were sick when they weren't actually sick. Like, I think if I was in Voight's position, I would probably not obviously terrorize Rybold in the same way, but like start questioning everything I thought I knew too. Yeah, it's just, it's the way that Aaron and Hank freeze when they hear his name because like, it makes you think that there's history there and there's bad history. And I'm not just saying, well, Camille died. It's just that like, he fucked up somewhere along the way. Like they've always known he was bad. See, I didn't take that at all. I think they, them freezing like that. And obviously this, I think it's the reaction of like, oh shit. Like I said, like, oh shit. Did the same thing happen with Camille? And they don't know. Because obviously like at this point, like maybe they could find Camille's record that Mm -hmm. shows, you know, but like, there's no way to prove it. Right. Like Camille's dead. Like there's no way for them to prove that. Like, did she actually have the cancer? Did she not actually have the cancer? So like, it's always now, I think just going to be a second guess of like, did Rybold kill her because he's been doing this for a long time? Right. Right. Or did she actually have cancer? Yeah. And so it's confusing. Yeah. So then intelligence interviews like dozens of other Rybold patients. There's like 40 of them and they all share stories about how he has ruined their lives. And one of the patients at one point, she even says, she's like, and now you're telling me it was all for money, which like, oh my God. And the fact that this really happens. Uh, yeah. 
Oh my God. Um, I think Dr. Death is a little too dark for you personally, Bryna, but like everybody else. Oh my God. It's like, if you want to have your mind blown, like not just season one, season one is the one that got the series on Peacock with Josh Jackson. Season two is. Well, I want to still to. watch. I know it may be a little dark. I do want to eventually watch the like Peacock show. My dad mm-hmm. watched it and said he really it was really good. But um, and so I do still want to watch that eventually, but I don't think I'd ever listen to the podcast. Like I just I'm not into like the crime podcasts. Mm-hmm. Like I know that's not my jam. Like that is not my idea of a podcast listening. So I don't even touch them. But I am interested in checking out Dr. Death just because I know Josh Jackson's amazing in it. Yeah. And I think the big thing about, I mean, the, the third season is the third season is a little bit different. It's kind of weird, but the first two seasons, especially just, it's not so much the, the, the whole aspect of like, wow, I can't believe that, like that criminal, like, wow, what a criminal profile. It's more so I can't believe the system failed this many people in, on such a big scale. Yeah. When this whole thing too, like they get to it, you know, kind of at this point, it's like, how did insurance not catch it? Right. Like, obviously why would, you know, and obviously it's because he didn't even bill insurance for that much chemo, but it's just like, really like you're telling me that nobody caught it. And like, even the fact that like the people who worked for Rybold, you're telling me that nobody thought to say anything about what this guy was doing. That that means you guys are also just as fucked up. Like, yeah. Yep. yep. And, um, uh, that season two of Dr. Death actually talks about that, how they interview a lot of nurses who are like, I questioned it. And then like, they told me to shut up. And so I left. Right. And then obviously it's the fear of, you know, retaliation. If you were to say something like, I get it, but like, I don't know. Yeah. It's hard for me to like wrap my head around, but. So, so crazy. So Brenda, take it from here. Okay. So Erin takes the ASA, who I can't remember her name. It doesn't matter. She's the ASA. But Erin brings her, like, the 42 patient files who are – and they're obviously all willing to testify. And Erin's like, is this enough? And the ASA is just like, for fraud? And Erin's like, for homicide. Um, But the ASA just arranged convinced. She's like, you know, the fraud charges are the way to go right now. And she's just – you know, she even makes a comment about it. She's like, well, how's your sergeant? And Erin's like, well, he'll feel a lot better with a homicide conviction. So Voight gets a phone call and he's pissed because the ASA made a deal. It's one year license revoked for Ribold, five years probation. And Voight's just like, you know, I think those women want justice. Like I do. And she's just like, well, unless you get me new evidence, like my hands are tied. Can we, okay. Just going back to what you were saying earlier about how this whole crossover, they fit in way too much. They fit in two cases into one in this episode. <laughs> like, they fit on they 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 squeezed in a full on fraud case into this episode, and then like the back half is the homicide case. Like just too much, too much. Yeah, like it it's a lot, it's a lot. So Voight goes to Doctor Charles to try to get his help. He's like, I want to know how Rival managed to bring like the four original women, Danny, Leah, Jessica, Carol, like in for more rounds of chemo if they were already suspicious of him. And, you know, Dr. Charles just says, you know, like cancer diagnosis is filled with a lot of uncertainty. And a lot of times people are looking for someone to guide them like a savior. And so Voight's like, asks him, he's like, would you testify? But Dr. Charles is like, well, I, you know, I can't really officially make a diagnosis without like talking to him. And so at this point, Natalie interrupts them and tells them that Jessica Pope has died. And like, Voight gets up to leave and Dr. Charles just says, you know, like the thing about psychopaths is they'd love to hear themselves talk. So 
then we go back to the Burgess case and Burgess goes to see Richie's brother Denny about the footage of his car that was parked outside of Callie's house the night of Richie's murder and he she thinks that Denny stayed there and like followed Richie and then took the gun so he'd look innocent but like Denny's like I don't know what you're talking about like you need to leave so then we go back and Rivald is in some like like random local coffee shop and dr charles hat just so happens to bump into him and like talks him up and like rival basically confesses everything to dr charles without actually saying like yeah i murdered them he like spews exactly the same stuff that dr charles told voight in his office like about how he did it and why he you know the high and the rush that he felt like he basically he admits it to dr charles so Again, then we go back, of course, like straight back into the Burgess and Roman stuff. This is why this episode is such a mess is because it just, there's no, like, no cohesiveness. And then you're just like, okay, I'm invested here on like the Dr. Charles stuff. Oh, now we're going back over to Burgess. Okay. It's a mess. Yeah. So Burgess finds Roman at Molly's and asks him like what he knows about Denny. And Burgess tells him that like, apparently Denny got two parking tickets on Callie street when Richie was in jail. So she's like, I think something was going on there. And Roman's like, yeah, I believe you, but nothing's good going to come of this. So, like, you should just stop trying. And, yeah. But Burgess is still very determined to, like, set Roman's name. You know, put Roman in the clear. So then we go back to the bullpen. It's late at night. And Voight finds Aaron looking working late. And she admits that she misses Camille. Hey, I miss Camille. I mean, my whole life till I was 14 was Bunny, you know? When she was sober, when she wasn't. I didn't know that moms could be kind or brave or unselfish. She didn't even like me when you first brought me home. You remember that? She already had her hands full with Justin. And I showed up and I just doubled her trouble. We were hellions. <laughs> I remember this one day I came home. Iron Maiden t-shirt, skirt up to here, you know, and she's just waiting for me in the living room. She has a dress from Marshall Fields. She told me that you saw something in me that was worth sacrificing for, and so she would too. And she used her Christmas money to buy me that dress. See, I, I, this is like, this is not my favorite PD episode. Again, this is definitely not my favorite crossover. Mm-hmm. But there are a few moments in this episode that I really did like, and this is definitely one of them. I thought this was like super sweet. And this like, scene is really sweet. And well, and for Aaron, especially because Aaron isn't one to like open up and be vulnerable. And mm-hmm. like, so the fact that she's like, you know, I didn't know all moms could be kind or brave or unselfish. It's just like, yeah. Yeah. So sad. So then, of course, all of a sudden, the ASA barges in with an idea. 
And they basically put it together that like, so Rybo met with the OG victims like three weeks before they started showing up dead. Then the next day, you know, the chemo orders were placed for all four victims for twice as much chemo as they'd ever received. And then a week later, it was another chemo order for three times the normal amount. And basically, Rybo ended up increasing it all the way to seven times the normal amount of chemo. And so the ASA thinks that with like some of the testimonies from some of the women, like they could get him convicted that way. And so Rybold is getting some award at some fancy gala and Voight and Aaron show up, ruin the party, arrest him. <laughs> it's and, so extra, but it's so good. Yeah. So the ASA and Rybold's lawyer meet with the judge and basically they, the judge decides that like none of the women from the fraud case can testify. So Void's like, you know, put me on the stand, but the ASA is like, no, we're going to put Aaron, like, you're too close, and you're like, you'll definitely go off script if Camille gets brought up, like, no way we're going with Aaron. <laughs> so again, then we go back to the Burgess and Roman stuff. Burgess goes to Platt about her Denny theory, and Platt's like, you know, fuck this, like, I'm just going to take over. So <laughs> Platt goes with her to confront Denny and basically, like, uses the reward for information about the gun whereabouts as a way to, like, get him to come clean. Because she's just like, you know, I if you just happen to tell us and we could definitely make sure that that $25,000 reward goes to a certain woman. I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> just yet again, we're just resolving it by, like, shoving it under the rug. <laughs> Yeah, because that's all we get. And then, Mm -hmm. obviously, we know that Roman's name is cleared eventually, but, like, okay. All right. So then, like Gina said, the trial begins. Things don't go so great in the beginning, like, um, and so they take, like, a recess at one point, and Voight just straight up asks the ASA, she's like, what do you need to win? And she's like, I need the patients from the fraud case back in. So Voight's like, okay, you're going to put me on the stand, and I'm going to make this happen for you. And she agrees. And so basically, like, Voight ends up turning the table in the middle of the case when he says that he saw Ribald dose Camille and mentions, she was like, yeah, you know, it would be gratifying for all of the victims to see Ribald convicted. And she's like, well, what victims? And then he says, you know, he's able to bring in the victims from the fraud case that way. So obviously then they amend the witness list, yada, yada, yada. Verdum comes back. Ribald is found guilty, you know all that stuff yeah and then but he still swears like he's like being walked out of the courtroom and he still ribald still swears though he's like camille actually had cancer you know like i promise i didn't do this to her but boy is still skeptical so Um, he he wasn't just like no but he was i was gonna say i I couldn't i i was really confused as to whether he was just like randomly dosing like anybody or just like any just diagnosing like anybody and everybody with cancer or if he was specifically targeting those women who met with him and it's still never got cleared up but i think i think it's the former yeah i think it was just kind of random in terms of like obviously they were all patients of his you know came to see him because supposedly he was good a good cancer doctor Mm -hmm. but like yeah, I don't know if there was necessarily a pattern or like why he picked those specific women, you know, why did he never do any men, you know, all that stuff. I don't think that's ever really made clear, but he's a psychopath. So mm-hmm. I don't think, you know, yeah. there's sometimes never necessarily a reason. Um, but then the episode ends, like we kind of talked about earlier, like with these old home movies, like we see way earlier finding the pictures and the home videos. And then we see the actual like home videos of, 
what's supposed to be a young Justin and Camille, obviously, like Gina said, this is like real life footage um, of Jason Begay's wife and son, but um, it just, and that's what tears me up at the end. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. But yeah, and that's the end of things. Um, we did just have a few listener thoughts. Um, Daisha said, in terms of PD, I don't usually like P. I don't usually like PD as much. It frustrates me a great deal, and Void drives me crazy. But man, did I feel sorry for him in this episode. And that Christmas video at the end got me right in the feels. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then Megan said, I'm not a big fan of Voight, but I did like how he stuck it to that doctor when he told the story of how his wife died while he was on the stand. It was powerful. And you know, I love some good backstory. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so that's like the best part of this episode is like, again, not even a huge Voight fan myself, but like the backstory part and Voight and Aaron, like it, that's the best part of this episode by far. Mm-hmm. For sure. So for sure. So yeah. And that, that is the the crossover. It's, it's, it's messy, but yeah you know did we do we did a crossover ranking right mm-hmm. i don't know if this one even hit our list i'm trying let's see i'm gonna see if i can find our crossover ranking uh. let's see when did we do this i don't know i was trying to see if i could find like when we did this one i can't find it right this second but oh top 10 crossovers let's see where did we we had to have put them on let's see yours was i thought i'm pretty sure i like winged my list like while we were recording what was definitely not at the bottom for you at all (laughs) you had it let's see i don't even know if you had yours in order now that i'm looking at it i can't believe you pulled that list up so quickly i'd be like on a hunt for it for days I just went to Google Docs. It was for me. I had it at six. Okay. I had it at six. Was it even on my list? Yeah. I don't even know. I'm looking and I like have a list, but like I think that's the list of the full, like all the crossovers. I don't know where your ranking is in this document yeah i'm pretty sure i winged it like i i I, like i had started my list and then like i was like super busy and so i like wrote it down the rest of the way yeah because it says list and then but now that i look at it that's the list of like all of them um it was six for me out of ten which isn't like it's in the bottom half so (laughs) and i'd still i'm looking i think i'd move it down now that i've like rewatched it Mm -hmm. But it still is definitely obvious. Like the top five, I think, are still the top five. Because hmm. I had Infection, Nadia and Yates, Jay and Will's dad, like the high rise, Gish, and then the med bombing as like the, my top five. I'd still say those are probably my top five. Infection is definitely still my number one. I might like rank them differently now, but the Nadia one is still probably number two also only because of Infection was so much better. Well, and I think Jay and Will's dad is still number three, the high rise. Mm -hmm. I'd still say that's number three. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, (laughs) that's episode 135. If you want to go back and listen to our top 10 crossovers episodes, this was done, I think, in like 2019. So it's been a little bit, but yeah. Yeah. Things were so good in 2019. We We didn't realize how good we had it. I think about that a lot and like how just like 
And it's crazy to think that 2019 was three years ago, but like, yeah. It's bananas. I know. Yeah. I know. So any other notes about this crossover? No, just I'm glad we finally covered it, but like, man. Yeah. It's messier than I thought it was. Yeah, it it but it's not bad. It's just messy. Yeah. Yeah, it's and it's definitely, I would say it's not the worst one. No. Um, yeah, it's not the worst one. I had, when I just looked at my list, I had Teddy as my like 10. I didn't hate the Teddy one. At least the story in that was cohesive. But the thing about those is like, those are such the early ones where it was like this, they, they tried to have like a more cohesive storyline with that, like fell, you know, between all the episodes. Right. The other ones were just like, okay, it's a normal episode of fire okay, fire then leads into med, mm-hmm. but then it's pretty much a normal episode of med and then med leads into Pete. Like they tried, but there wasn't as much like inner shows. Mm-hmm. This, they were trying to like inner shows. They just weren't quite there yet. And then obviously later on they hit it, the, you know, with high rise and infection, but. Yeah. 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 So anyway, that's about all we've got this week. Um, as always, you know where to find us, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. It's me to some Molly's right across the board. If you like the podcast, which we really hope you do, please take a moment to leave us a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to us. We would greatly appreciate that. Check out our tea public store, guys. There's 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 good stuff on there. There's good we stuff. We want to work on more designs. I think we have some ideas or at least like subjects we definitely want to do designs for. So like if you guys have any other ideas, like let us know. Obviously. Yeah make whatever you guys want so yeah let us know let us know um you guys schedule wise it's normal as long as there's new episodes of the shows there will be new episodes of the pod we may or may not be recording together next week maybe i would just say it depends like as of right now like we kind of mentioned earlier we've seen fire and pd for next week we haven't seen med so Mm -hmm. i think if we get med you may hear from us early if not then we may you know it'll be normal we'll tweet i think regardless when you know when it when it's gonna come out but like Mm -hmm. yeah i guess as of right now it'd be normal because we've only seen two out of three and we can't record about two of the three so yeah yeah um Um, like covid and universe willing we should be together next week so thank god Yes, COVID and Universe Willie. I'm just going to knock on like all the wood I can find around don't here. Jinx it. I know, I know. I don't have the spidey sense though. So like, that's good. Um, yeah, I get, I, I can, I can like sense when something's not going to go as planned and I don't have the spidey sense. I had it about California. I don't have it about this. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, normal schedule going forward. We are going to be together next week. We will definitely be spamming your socials with like, look, we're together. Oh my God. Um, yeah, that's about it. So Everybody have a good weekend. Rest up. Get build your endurance back up for one Chicago Wednesday because it's coming. Yeah, and I was trying to count. I was I was doing this math in my head, right? Of like how many episodes we have left, and like, okay, if there's like if it goes to like mid end of May, like how many weeks will we have off in the middle? You know, between now and then, I think I counted. There's like four. I think there's like ten episodes left, and like I think it's like fourteen or fifteen weeks. Okay. So I feel like we have to have a decent run at some point of like episodes. Yes. But they're not that far. Like there's still, I still can't believe that 
like the pod squad said they're only on like 15 or 16 yeah something like that but i don't understand like how can we only be on 15 or 16 it doesn't make sense to me that means that there's another break in the action coming but like how can that be possible if we've had like a a, a year-long break for the olympics but it would especially so i went back i went back and after i saw a certain outfit that kylie was wearing in next week's episode this is not a spoiler but mm-hmm. I saw that Caitlin had posted about that at the end of 2021, like filming this episode. So episode 13 at the end of 2021. So you're telling me that in the last six, seven weeks, we've only filmed like two episodes, two and a half episodes. Didn't one of the shows have a COVID scare? Yeah, but that was only like four or five days. Two of them did. I don't, I don't know. know. It just feels like we should be like further along than we are, but like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, this has been like a long tangent to end this episode. I don't really know how we got here, but it anyway. feels good to be recording on a normal schedule again. I know. I like, like I was telling you earlier, it's like, how do I out? Like, it was just, it's been so long. I was like, how do I outline? Like, mm-hmm. what is this like skill? I don't know how to do this. Yeah. I'm well, I'm, I'm, I remember how to pull clips, but making gifts is going to be interesting because I haven't done that in a very long time. So wish me luck. Wish me luck. But yeah, in the meantime, guys, everybody have a good weekend, rest up, and we will see you next week. Bye.